0: If I got to hit you with tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet tweet about what I'm doing and you're gonna get mad and you're gonna unfollow or mute, you're gonna go somewhere else, that's what we're gonna have to do. But what I always tell people is you'll get more following talking about what you do than you will just pandering to other people. Yeah,
1: yeah. Tweet Talk episode 53.
2: It's lit.
3: Like this, like this. boom time, Hot, hot, hot.
2: This podcast is brought to you in part by investattheteam.com. We have created the official merch of Generational Wealth. You have to shift your mindset from employee to you can't fire me the boss. Always remember, no sacrifice, no reward. Hood Estates exclusive collection available at investattheteam.com. Now back to the world's greatest podcast. That's
1: good.
3: We on the tweet dope. what it sounds like to be the best. The best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Yes. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd McGonigal himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband.
0: It's lit, and it's episode 53. We'll figure out which episode it is later on in the show. Yep, yep,
1: yep, yep. So as usual, Raphael and Charles. You know the man, Charles Mil- Todd Millionaire or Todd Billionaire on his way to billionaire. Catch him on Twitter at Todd Billion. Catch me, Raphael Husbands on Twitter at Work Money Life. And tonight we have a special guest. Internet streets have been waiting for this one. We got tonight the young lion beast in these streets, Dantes Akram. Catch him on Twitter at Dantez Akram, D O N T E Z A K R A M. How are we doing, Dantez?
2: I'm doing great, man. I appreciate it. It's a huge blessing to be on here with you guys. I appreciate the opportunity for real.
1: Hey, okay, man. Streets want it, man. <laughs> Those listening, strap in. I'll take you on the ride. So. Dantez, tell the people real quick,
2: real short, who you are, what you do. All right. So again, uh, I'm Dantez Akram. I am a 21 year old entrepreneur from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I originally started off flipping durags locally in Cleveland, and I eventually made a durag brand called Snaggerag that went and did six figures in a little under, a little over a year um, online on Shopify. And then from there, I just kind of uh, made different brands, made some courses. And helped a lot of people along the way on my journey uh, to this point. So it's been an amazing journey so far. I feel like one of the coolest things about Dantes and what he
0: says a lot and what I've kind of like pointed out is the level of money you can make when you work for yourself versus when you work for somebody else and the time that it takes to make that money. And we always talk about closing the wealth gap and I always say, well, business is how you close the wealth gap. People are saying, oh, well, business isn't for everybody. Well, closing the wealth gap might be for everybody. And so it's just cool to show like how he was saying, I think he said he made like $27,000 in like a certain span of time. And he was like, it would have taken me this much time on my job to make that much money. So I think that that's one of the coolest things. Can you kind of talk about that? Because I feel like it might be different
2: coming from you versus me saying it. Right. So um, let's see. It was between this month and last month, I made $68,000 on uh, Just Gumroad. And that was kind of like insane for me because before um, it was kind of like my stepping stone. I just started seeing everybody else do huge numbers. I was seeing Julia do huge numbers and everybody else was doing like these big numbers. And I'm like, you know, I can find a way to make it click. I just have to go about it a way that works best for me. So, um, you know, I found a way for it to click for me and I just kind of ran with it. And my first year I was, uh, or before I even got into, well, as I was actually doing all of this, I was uh, selling cars. So during my time there, I was working on my Durag brand, still delivering stuff before work, early in the morning, sometimes after work, late at night, just so I can make sure I'm picking up the extra cash. Um, If you guys don't know, I have a two-year-old daughter. So you got to make sure you're balancing your money very well when you have kids. So it was my main priority to make sure that, you know, I'm not staying at my nine to five all this time and not making any cash um, elsewhere. So it was like my huge goal just to have another side of uh, income coming in for me. So um, yeah, that kind of that kind of showed me that working there, working, you know, doing these 12-hour shifts and doing all of this stuff. And, you know, hearing all this back talk from people who, um, like, owners and whatnot, it just showed me that, you know, there's people out there that can really talk to you like this however way they want to. And if you don't get up and go do it yourself or go get whatever results you're trying to get for yourself, you're going to be stuck hearing that for the rest of your life. So I just got up. I made a difference for myself and for my family. And um, my first year I was selling cars, I was one of the top performers that came in at 19. Um, But I did a little under 27,000 my very first six months because I only stayed uh, seven months. So my six months, I did 27000 and I compare that to the last two months on Gumroad, and it's just like I tripled my income, but I did everything on my way. You know what I mean? I didn't have to hear anybody else tell me anything. And the biggest part for me is for me to be able to provide for my family as I'm doing this, just yes. dishing off money as I go and just make sure I'm consistent and disciplined. Those are my biggest things is being consistent and disciplined.
0: One of the things that Dante said right there was just like how people can talk to you any kind of way when you work in their system. And I feel like that alone is priceless to not have to deal with that every day. Like, imagine even if you made just as much money as you made, but you have peace of mind, you have self-worth, people don't realize how much they can kind of push you down and keep your value down just because they can talk to you any kind of way. And then you start to think you're not even worth that much money. So it was one thing to not make that much money. It's another to think you're not even worthy of that much money. And so many people work in these jobs and work in these systems, and they do it because they don't think they're any better than than what they got. And so they're just like, I'm gonna just let them talk to me how they want to talk to me. Let them tell me I'm not good enough. Let me, let them tell me I'm not perfect. And so they just stay in that box. And so I think that's why these communities are so important and where we have to kind of foster that belief in each other. We can't be the same as they are over here passing limitations on each other just like they are.
2: Like what purpose does that serve? Um, can you talk to us about when you quit your job and what that looked like? Man, it was the hard, it was actually one of the easiest decisions I ever made but it was one of the hardest um, impacts that it had on me at the moment. Um, And the way it had happened was I was just you know, when you get certain a certain point in a job when you're fed up with everything, you know, it's the clocking in and coming in early. It's the text messages from the managers when you're not doing something that they want you to do at the time that they want you to do it at. It gets to a certain point where it's like, you're gonna, you're gonna either quit or you're gonna just keep like standing for it. So I got to a point where it was just like, there's no way I'm gonna handle this anymore. And one particular moment or uh, one particular time um, which led me into quitting was a customer came in, they bought, they tried to surprise their wife with a car bought the wrong car. Everything was funded by the bank. So I can't undo the deal. I was willing to do to undo the deal. And I guess the guy had a boatload of money. He said, Hey, I'm willing to trade the car back in. He's going to lose 6,000 and just get another car. And it was going to count as another unit for me. And the manager didn't want to count the, uh, the sale for me and wanted me to do all the work over again and still give the dealership his money. So I'm just like, you know, it took me two hours to get him through the whole process. I'm not going to spend another two hours in here with him again. He knows me. He loves me. You know, he, he even, said it's not my fault that he bought the wrong car for his wife. He should have paid more attention to it. And, um, when I wasn't okay with going through with the deal and I let somebody else do it, I got a very disrespectful text message. Um, and the manager, it was, um, it was just kind of a something I never expected in my life to hear from somebody who owns something you know I mean they're supposed to hold this standard of you know respect and all of this stuff and the way I was treated through that text message showed me that I will never let someone talk to me like that over money you will never have control over me over money so as soon as I got the text message he was just letting me know like it was disrespectful if your mom had if your mom tried to do something you brought my mom into the situation It's just it kind of spiraled after that and I was Mm -hmm. just like you know there's nobody who's going to tell me what who I am and you know how I should go about certain situations so you know i let my mom know that w- the text he sent me and i just got my stuff um early in that next morning and just left so it was very insane for me because it was like it kind of happened also like sudden i thought everything would just be cool but it kind of escalated from there and i was just like i'm never gonna let somebody else talk to me like that ever again what do
1: you got from yeah, that's, Raphael? That's, that's what what this whole wealth thing is about and we keep telling people to start a business it's not just about making money it's about control and having power right that's what it's all about when
0: one of the things he also said that I like is, is like, you can kind of do it, do it the way you want to do it. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about like Tide Capital and what that is today. And I was kind of reflecting on where I was before Tide Capital. I mean, where I was simultaneous at the same time I was running Tide Capital. And I was in a business relationship where I always had somebody looking over my shoulder criticizing what I was doing. Tell me, I can't do this. I can't create that. I can't promote this. And even sometimes as an entrepreneur, people are going to try to put a finger on what you're doing. And like, you got to break Like, if you are like me, I had to break away from that because I knew that my creativity would be, would be kind of diminished. And you have to be able to function at your ultimate level of freedom. And what's great is you kind of create your own company culture at that point in time. People always talk about the options community and how the environment there is what it is. And it's like, cause that's how I created it. I didn't ask somebody if I could do it and I feel like that's another, like, we, we should make a list of all the things that are dope about entrepreneurship that have nothing to do about getting rich. Like, let's just mm-hmm. figure out what that is because it's a lot more than just getting rich, man.
2: for real.
1: What do you yeah, got, Rafael? So, speaking of top capital, I'm going to start off with one of your tweets, Charles. It's a little short one. You said, we are officially into venture <laughs> capital. Talk that is so that funny.
0: Way. Um, So, I mean, we've done pretty well financially over the last few months and the goal is to continue to scale that, but, What's cool is now we can start being the bank, and so somebody I put out, I put out an idea, and I said, "Send me your deals. I want to fund your deals. I want to partner with you." And somebody brought to me and I a project that was uh, they had like a juicing company, and so like they're doing like e-com juicing, and so they said that their business has taken off because. Now people are sitting at home and they can't get their juices. They can't go to Quench, whatever these locations they go. And so they've seen an the influx of business and they wanted to kind of scale their business. And so I was like, that's dope. Like I can now invest in somebody's actual business, not just real estate, not just whatever else we're doing, but now I can help be the seed money to, to grow somebody else's stuff. And so it was kind of dope to, to know that, but it also kind of speaks to the real thing that we do this for. It's like, I'm about community, not just about like me. Like, of course, you got to take care of yourself first. But at the end of the day, if we can become another solution to another problem, because everybody talks about the stats like, oh, uh, we're not getting enough funding from VCs, we're not getting enough uh, funding from these angel investors. Well, guess what? My name is Charles, and I like to provide solutions, not complaints. And so then I get to become that person. So it's just kind of cool to be stepping into that space and getting people to bring me opportunities, bring me deals. But once you get to a certain point, you realize finding deals is hard. Like, and that's kind of why I had to flip it on its head. Like, I'd rather. Be the investor because ultimately I'm gonna be the investor anyway, and so it's like I'd rather partner with somebody. They bring me the deal, and now I can have better deal flow as opposed to me going out there making the phone calls, doing all this stuff. So just a way for me to kind of reverse the funnel, and I people bring me deals, and now I'm just vetting different deals, and I'm always getting different opportunities, vending machine opportunities, all these different business opportunities because I just kind of had to think my way out of it. Which kind of speaks to something I was talking about earlier: is like you have to free yourself up to think because that's where the money is. So it's like if I can pawn off all the labor, pawn off all the man hours. And I could just focus on like, where are we going next? What's the next project? What's the next venture? That's when you can really start getting M's. And so my goal really is like I told Chris, it's like everything is M oriented now. It's not like, it's not like just going through the motions oriented. Because once you start to realize what it takes to get high, high level money, you stop doing the stuff that doesn't get you high level money. You only focus on doing the stuff that's high level money oriented
2: what you, you say about that, Ted? I, I agree because, you know, what I've learned with having multiple streams of income is that as you have multiple, when other ones start getting slow, you start slowly um, losing um, not just patience, but just attention to it. So I definitely understand that when he, when he's coming from, from that because I just started noticing like with certain brands, I would make certain websites and, you know, there's some that will hit hard. And there's other ones that are still hidden, but I'm not paying as much attention to it. So I'm not growing it as much. So I definitely agree with that.
3: Yeah.
0: It's like, I want a system that does the growing for me. I was talking to my, my wife last night I was telling her, I was like, I got anxiety right now. And she was like, why do you have anxiety? And so I started breaking down different reasons why. And it was kind of like a therapy session. And what I realized is I need people who don't bring me every problem. I need people who get the problem and they handle the problem. And it only comes up the chain unless it's a big deal. But like plumbing issues, roofing issues, like you know who to call. Call them. Don't call me. Come and tell me what got handled. Because then it's like, I'm constantly like yesterday, I had a vending machine problem. I had a rental problem. I had a rehab problem. I have, of course, online sales problems. Like I can't just be dealing with problems all the time. It's only going to create this pressure. I need people who solve those so I can do more thinking, do more creating, do more building because I'm like, it's M oriented enough in these days.
1: Now, speaking of uh, venture capital, Charles, have you seen what Harlem Capital looks like nowadays?
0: No, I haven't. I'm pretty sure the way you say it, it sounds like it's very diverse.
1: <laughs> yeah. Kind
0: of. I feel like I was, honestly, they, they started taking outside money, and that's what happens. That's what happens. They need to listen to some Dame Dash.
1: Yeah, it was funny because uh, I was I was looking at some of the Stephen Story tweets, um Stephen Story on Twitter, and I said, you know what? Let me go back into our episode with Stephen Story, and in that episode, we were talking about Harlem Capital. So I decided to look them up, and the first mm-hmm. thing I see when the the the, the, um, on the, the website, website pops something. up, hmm? I'm as soon as as soon as the website pops up, I see a picture five of them john henry is gone i didn't know that and there's a really yeah there's a white lady right in the middle that's crazy i'm like oh okay they're they're going the women route. So they got, the the three other guys are still there. So now they have a black girl in there and a white girl in there. They're not owners or whatever. They're just like senior associates. Then I looked at the portfolio and a couple of companies that they're funding were all like white guys uh, running the show. So I thought the whole purpose of their fund was to fund minorities. And women or whatever. So now they're just going to the, the regular route, the regular VC route. So what was the whole yeah. purpose?
0: Speaking of VC, I was actually thinking about this as I was talking about VC. I was thinking about how like um, you have all these like superstar athletes who fund these companies and the companies go on to turn into Uber Eats and whatnot. And I was like, man, like you have to have more of a vision for your money than just making 15 million dollars off of one million dollars. It's like I'm I'm anti taking African American wealth and transferring it to creating more white wealth. It doesn't make any sense, and that's what a lot of people do, and they see it as a win, but I see it as an L. And it's like for me, I'm I'm us on purpose. I'm us even at even if we got to take an L, being for us. And ideally you won't, because there is true ingenuity, true ingenuity in us. But I feel like people, they don't have that. They are, they're chasing money. They're chasing money to buy things. And I mean, me, like, I don't, I mean, I bought some sneakers, but I'm not over here. Just like, I can't blow through it. One of the questions I have for Dante is like, what is it like to be a young person with that much access to capital?
2: Like, what goes <laughs> through your mind? Man, honestly, um, that's a really good question, because I rarely spend anything on myself and a lot of people even my close like my closest friends who know what I do and everything even they tell me you know you got to have some type of freedom for yourself but for me it's more so of the discipline I took the time out in the beginning to become at peace with myself to understand that I don't need you know um, you know this this designer or whatever to make me feel good about myself or to make myself feel like I look good or something like that so I became at peace with myself in the beginning and I worked on my mentality a lot before I even got a chance to really get known for anything that I was doing, so I just feel like I personally don't really buy a lot of stuff unless it has something to do with investing. And me, like I'm being so like uh, goal oriented with over these next couple years, making sure that my daughter's accounts are financially set. I barely have time to even think about this stuff that I want because I have so much stuff and I'm trying to start this business. I'm trying to help this person. I'm trying to sell this. It's just all these other things on my mind besides just spending the money that I'm making. And um, what I basically do now is just, you know, I set the money aside and then when an investment opportunity comes up, I have the capital for it. Not, you know, set the money aside, use portions of it. And then now you got to make up that account. So me, I'm just always adding, adding, adding. If I got to take, if I have to take some losses or something, it's going to be on ads. If I have to take losses or something, it's going to be on mm-hmm. investment. So I don't really think of myself as needing a lot of stuff. And even if I do want clothes or stuff, honestly, I shop like anywhere, honestly. Like, I don't need any of the fancy stuff or anything like that. You know, I might get some Adidas jumpsuits or something like that. I can really rock those every day, but I don't really need anything to make me feel better about myself. It's just more so to me about building generational wealth for my kid and making sure that, you know, I can make sure my mom doesn't have to worry about bills or anything while we're in this process of moving. I just don't want anybody to have to stress. So I would rather focus on uh, solely increasing my wealth and my, and my, uh, my knowledge and where I am mentally. I would rather solely focus on that and focus on uh, the image of myself, which is more so like the Instagram and everybody trying to show off Instagram and everything. I'd rather focus on my mentality than focus on my image.
0: I feel like how you make your money matters. And that's why, I mean, you look at Chris, like he's not out of here, Gucci down to the flow. He's <laughs> out here and all these crazy jewelry, whatever. It's like he gets the essentials and that's it. He has a car, he gets a house. Everything else he just wears regular clothes. And, and we see a lot of yeah, we see a lot of other people who might get money kind of just like thrown on them. And it's unfortunate because we create this false illusion of what money should really look like in the community where you have people who were given money. And so in order to create the appeal of being a rapper, you have to draw people to you, which means now you got to get a car. You got to be seen in all these different brands or even some of the Forex people. It's like, they draw people to them with the image. So they have to buy the Dior slippers and the Gucci belts. and they got to be riding around in Rolls Royce because they're selling the image and not so much selling the the results so much. And so I feel like how you make your money really matters. And I can tell that there's similarities between people who hustle it up and people who just kind of get handed hand to them.
2: Definitely. And I, I think I, I just did a video on that, I think, three days ago. And I was just saying just to keep up with the rapper image, to keep up with this image of being a basketball player and all these different things. You have to spend a lot more than what you're making initially. So I would rather not lose money up in the beginning. I would rather go invest in myself. I'd rather go put the money aside. Cause if I know if I don't have it, I'm not gonna sit there and fake like I have it. And that's why I, that's why I don't have uh, that's why I have a lot of a lot of problems with those people who do forex and all those things, is misjudging people into thinking that they're gonna be trading and only profiting. You know what I mean? There's 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 other things that they're not telling people before they get in. And I would respect them more if they went about it as if, hey, you're gonna lose some money up front, by I promise you I'm gonna help you make it back I'm gonna train you through this situation but you have to have it in you you have to see it in you that you're gonna make it to the other side first but you got to be willing to go through the mud before you can get to the stars so I feel like that's huge and I I made that video and it made a lot of sense to me just to to stay away from the image the image everything just image you know I mean just focus on the mentality honestly the funny thing about being rich is you don't got to spend money to look rich or feel rich like you,
0: are, like you already know you got it. So it's like in a lot of instances, it's like you just kind of you make sure you look presentable. You get a nice shirt, you get some nice shoes, you're not out here looking dirty and bummy, but you're not out here like overdoing it. Right. Like you don't got to have like I feel like that is it's so weird. It's like you get the money and then you stop feeling like you have to look like money. But when you don't have it, you got to kind of make up for that lack. And so I've always felt like it's better to be rich to look rich and get rich than act rich. All
1: right, all right. So Dante as you said be
2: comfortable with being you. Yeah. You to you expand important? on it, man. How is that important to wealth building? So for me, I feel like once you start understanding who you are and why you're doing everything you're doing, it'll all start making more sense. And the more you start accomplishing those new goals and you start setting those new ones, there's going to be different versions of yourself. You have to stay true to yourself no matter which goal you accomplish at at what time. You know what I mean? So you know, there's different milestones you're going to hit throughout your growth. And throughout those milestones, you can't switch up just because you're at the top and you feel like I'm better than where I was when I was first learning. And I feel like that's where that 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 Quote comes in into play is be comfortable with who you are. So knowing that I started from the bottom and I remember exactly that when I started to when I when I'm getting there or I'm wherever I'm at. So I feel like being comfortable with who you are is just is a very huge part of just being staying true to yourself and whatever else you're trying to get in life, it'll gravitate towards you. But you have to know who you are first. If you're just out here and, and like Ty was saying, just for image and stuff and trying to be rapper or trying to show off this certain this certain persona that you're not, you're gonna get stuff that you don't want in return. So that's why I, I just feel like being comfortable with who you are and staying true to yourself is the best thing you can do in life. And that's that's going to guide you down the best path, no matter, uh, you know, what, whatever you decide to do, it'll guide you down the best path. Yeah.
0: I feel like to kind of add on to that, it's funny because like, especially as you're younger, you got to really be able to have that, that I guess, knowledge of self and knowing who you are, because there's a lot of influence out there trying to shake you off of the path that you're on. I know when I was younger, it was always like that. People were criticizing, like, why is he dressing up, putting on ties? Why is he, uh, I don't know, doing all these different things? And I feel like you kind of have to also develop who you are. So for me, I did a lot of developing who I am. It's like jay said, nobody's built like you. You design yourself. Like, I designed myself. I went after and I said, how can I find out how I could be the dopest Charles as possible? And then I ran after that. Now, the problem is there's going to be people who are going to be like telling you what you are not and what you're supposed to be. And like, oh, man, you black, you supposed to be doing this and this. Or, oh, no, you're not supposed to be doing that. And it's tough. And it's, it's very tough to kind of stay focused on what you're aiming for. And I think that that's what I take from that is despite the naysayers, despite everybody saying stay true to your path and go forth on your path because that's what's going to lead you to success as as it means for you, not as it, what it means for other people. It's like, you know, when you like go out there and you accomplish what somebody else thinks is dope and you're like, I'm not really fulfilled. I'd rather accomplish like what I think is fulfilling for me as opposed to just looking cool for people who aren't going to be around in 10 years. Exactly, I agree. Raphael, I got a tweet for you, man. For you, it says, and it's a current event, which is dope. Um, everybody knows how the whole Nick Cannon situation went down. He made some comments and he got fired. I was confused at first because... At first, I thought Viacom owned everything, but apparently it's just Wild and Out. It's not his podcast. We still have his podcast. He still has all the things he's doing. It was just that Wild and Out thing went went down. But your tweet, Raphael says Nick Cannon is demanding full ownership of something that he created. Let's see how that goes.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, if he's demanding it, it means you're probably not going to get it. I mean, if you got to demand something that you created, that means it's not yours. I mean, it's like you use the word demand, but you are coming from a place of weakness. That's what yeah. I see it. It's like, I mean... It's like Malcolm X said. He said,
0: if you're a man, you take it. You don't, you don't ask for justice. They don't give you justice. If you're a man, you take it. So if you're a man and it's your brand, you take your brand. I feel like when you said that, it reminds me of, like, Beyonce pay me in equity. It's like if he had equity, he can make something move. Even if he's not a majority shareholder, at least he has some something to stand on. And so many of us are, again, chasing a check, and we're chasing that immediate bag and not chasing the long-term bag, and then we get effed
1: in the end. What do you think, Tez? Like, can you imagine having to ask somebody for ownership of something you built?
2: Honestly, it would have been no asking. It would have been either I'm getting it or we can go we can go the long route because I'm willing to – I created this and I put my all into it. I'm willing to go all the way down with it. So, me, there would have been no asking. There would have been none of that. I would have went straight for it. And if there was a problem, I'll see you in court. That's just what it would have been. Right.
1: I mean, it shouldn't have been any talk. I mean, it should have been his 100% from the get-go. To me, it's weird. This is 2020. I feel like rappers – I'm talking about rappers now. I think rappers are so bad. Backwards in a way. Like, why is it in 2020 after Master P already showed us what to do back in 98? Why is it that if you don't have full ownership of your stuff that you created out the gate, like from the beginning, before they can even sign send you to a label or whatever? You should have full ownership of everything. If it's yours, it's yours. But I, I don't feel know, like the,
0: the, the problem is people don't want to start low. They want to start at a high level. And what happens is you got to go find financial backing if you want to start at a high level from zero. And so they're unwilling to start that YouTube channel and then build it up to what Issa Ray's kind of built turns up into, which is still kind of questionable because she's still out there being funded by somebody else and they can ultimately take it away if they decide to also but it's a great conversation to have because like I was saying you never want to be at the whim of somebody else you never want to be at the whim of now we decided that you're fired like Dame Dash was talking about this last night. I listened to like a Dame Dash video every night and he was saying like being a boss is just the definition of being a real man it's another way to say a real man and so he always talks about like I can't get hired I can't get I can't ever get fired and that's priceless so it's like, I'd rather operate at a low level and and not be over here getting $10 million checks off bat and know that I'm going to always get my check versus get 10 million and you never know when the next check is coming. I think that's really the question that rappers and entertainers and athletes have to really ask themselves because you can look at currency, you can look at like the the, the last famous rapper. You get a lot of famous rappers who rise and fall, but currency has been just consistent. He might make a million dollars a year, but he makes a million dollars a year. He might not be making 10 million, but he knows he can continue to cre- create and exist and do whatever he wants to do because he built it himself. And that's priceless. And that's what being a boss is. It's like Jay-Z said, you're not a boss. You got a boss. So it's like, if you got a boss, you could be fired at any time. I'm not trying to be fired, I've been fired, and it's not fun. Yeah, for real.
1: You said Charles Dame
0: Dash YouTube is like an NBA. You know what's funny is people pay big money to learn business for people who never built a business, and then they'll hear somebody who's built a business and they're like, Nah, Dame, shut up, Dame. You don't know what you're talking about. Uh And that doesn't make any sense to me. He's literally telling you step by step what to do when I've realized like it works. You might not understand it, but it works. And this is the same thing that if I ever see anybody who's successful, I don't try to understand why they're doing what they're doing, because you probably won't understand it until you're actually doing it. That's when you get the true revelation, like, okay, that's why they were doing it. And so with Dame, like Dame has done and said certain things that I've applied to my business, and I found out that it works. I didn't find out why it worked until later. When he said the whole, like, invest in women thing, I was like, what's he talking about? That doesn't make any sense. And then I realized why you got to invest in women. And so I just feel like we need to really appreciate the opinions that we have of great business people, the Master P's. When Master P talks, I'm listening. I'm all ears. When when Dame Dash talks, of course, I'm listening. I can't really name anybody offhand, maybe Magic Johnson, Robert Smith. When those guys, mm-hmm. like business builders, not the front man, not the face of the business, the person who actually built the business because those are two different things. The person who's the face of the business can't tell me nothing about I was famous because I was doing something and they kind of allowed me to have equity in that business. But you weren't over here thinking of the strategy, thinking of the financial moves, thinking of the different marketing plan. Like that is the wisdom that only can be applied to me. So I'm not going to be a famous rapper. I'm not going to be a famous NBA player, but I can figure out how to build a business from block by block by block. And that's why I key on the names and the Master P's and the currencies and the Larry June's, the guys who are building it, not the people who just handed it. Because we have so many people who just want to be handed it. They want that break. They want to get that record contract. They want to get that 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 uh, basketball contract. And most of us aren't going to get it, but all of us can build from the ground up. Every single one of us has that option. And that's why I key on that. And that's why I want more of us to key on that and appreciate that.
2: And I can speak on that too, from me being younger as well, just growing up in this generation, I've, I've noticed even in high school, when your dream is to be a rapper when your dream is to be uh, a sports uh, sports player or big time, you lose all sight of all the goals besides those you know what I mean the ones that are actually going to get you somewhere in life people lose sight of that and then when they lose sight of it or if they don't accomplish it all of a sudden they have to stoop back down to just the square one because they don't know anything about anything else because they were only focused on this this goal so I feel like a lot of people even my age have to realize that there's more to um, more to life than just rapping and the image and everything you want to see there's more to life than just that there's, there's you know traveling there's learning from different types of people in different areas there's so much more in life and I just feel like people lose sight of that a lot of the times because of who they look up to and that's why it's good to have multiple role models and other people in your ear like family just telling you that's not just the game that's just that's not just the life or how it goes you got to be out there and just learn it on your own but don't just look up to somebody just because they put on this clothes or they go take pictures with this person you know that's never the way to go
0: it's crazy how real it is that people still want to
2: be rappers like i have a (laughs) cousin he's literally as
0: old as me and he's still trying to be a rapper I'm like, bro, wow. like we grew up together and you, you still, you still got that right. Mean, you could be doing so many other dope things. Like if you are a rapper in essence, you're kind of an entrepreneur. You're somebody out there who's building a brand, building a name for yourself. Why not build that around a product? Why not build that around a service? Um, I think what's so interesting is like a lot of us should be business owners. We just don't have the guts to put it out there. We're afraid of the criticism. We're afraid of it not being perfect. Um, I'm curious, because I I know some of your story, but what did the beginning days of the Durag company look like? Because I know you've kind of gone through different iterations to land
2: where you are now. So in the beginning, um, like I said, I was delivering locally in Cleveland. So there was a local beauty supply um, literally like five minutes from my house. And um, I used to live in Egypt for four years of my life. So I speak Arabic. My my family's Muslim. So a lot of my wisdom comes from the religion as well. So um, you know, I got a chance to network with the person that was there, the owner, and coincidence he spoke Arabic, I spoke Arabic, we hit it off and he gave me deals on Durags and um, I just started delivering them. And that's when it came to mind that, you know, there's companies like Grubhub and DoorDash that are taking advantage of inconvenience. Uh, of people or people just being lazy. So I was just like, I can do the same exact thing because a lot of African Americans wear these products. And there's not a lot of African Americans who don't even support these products as a whole. So it's like, I'm willing to, hey, I can go to these beauty supply stores and they may know where I'm getting it from, but I'm gonna deliver it to them and I'm gonna add a fee because they're too lazy to go get it themselves. So in the beginning, I was literally just doing that. It was just a numbers game to me. It was just literally how much can I get? And then how much can I get off? And how fast can I do it? So that was literally my mentality the first two months um, until I started noticing living in Cleveland, Ohio, you can't ride around the same way um, you would in in other areas or other cities. So, you know, I started realizing it's not as safe for me to be doing this no more. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna take a step back. And when I took that step back, it was just like, why am I quitting when I can just go online? I can make it easier for myself. I don't even have to see these people in face. And and that's kind of where it came from. I didn't want to, you know, expand and go worldwide. It was more so me keeping myself safe and making sure that there's nobody following me home or there's nobody looking out or, you know, planning something bad on me. You know, I mean, I didn't want to get caught up in that position. So I put it upon myself to make an online brand. put a name on it. And I was just thinking all these different things that business owners do. You know, you don't see the owner of McDonald's in McDonald's making burgers no more. Mm -hmm. You don't see that stuff. He may have been there in the ground up, but he wasn't, he's not there now. So I had to think from an owner's aspect and it was early on. I didn't have any experience. I didn't know any business owners or anything. So me learning on my own, it was very hard, but it it helped me throughout my whole experience because now I can guide other people through what I've been through already. And I feel like that information is priceless because it's my experience. And not a lot of people have the same exact experience that I have. So once I literally went from doing all that stuff and delivering, and I did everything online, um, it kind of sparked because I was already delivering so many. And the way I was doing it was, I was basically selling them, I was delivering them, and I was having the people that I was delivering them to post it on their Instagram story, tagging me and asking, hey, um, if you guys go shout them out, if you guys want to do rags, he'll pull up on you at any time. And that's where it kind of became like a trend in my city. Now I have you know people waiting for me the day after and the day after that, and they're scheduling stuff with me to drive to them. And at this time, now I'm like, I don't hear nobody texting me, making sure that I punch the clock on time, making sure that I have to take lunch at this time. Now I'm driving on my own time, listening to my own music. I can be with whoever I want in my own car. I'm at, I have freedom for myself. And that's what was the main thing. When I seen that, I was like, okay, well, there's only so far do ask and do, or uh, can go. So I limited myself in the beginning. You're going to always do that with your business. You're never going to just be like, I'm going to be as big as this person or this company right out the gate. You're never going to do that. You're going to limit yourself. You're going to have times where you just want to give up. You're going to have all those different times. You're going to have to test all those different things to get to where you're going to be at in the future or wherever you're at now. So I feel like when I began and going into online sales, I didn't know anything about e-commerce or any of that. I was just literally like, I'm taking all of my do and I'm putting it online. That way I don't, I'm, not, I'm safer from the people there. And once I started to learn about e-commerce and selling on stuff online and making drop or drop shipping and all these different stuff, now I started to take it upon myself to, all right, I'm going to get my feet you know wet and I want to just mess up on a lot of everything. How much stuff can I mess up in, in, in a period of time? So now that I'm messing up so much, I'm learning so much and I'm taking mental notes and I'm taking notes. So it was just all a grind to me. And it was just like every person who's going to start a business, you're going to go through your grind. It doesn't matter how long it is or what you're going to have to go through it. and You're going to have to um, come out on the other side, however way you do, but you just can't, you got to make sure you can't, can't fall when you're at your lowest. You know what I mean? You got to get back up. And especially when times are tough or certain situations happen, like, Um, A while ago, I had U.S. Customs get at me for uh, selling designer headwear. So I was like, yo, I knew I could get in trouble, but I never thought it would have been U.S. Customs. But, you know, it ended up being a blessing because – you although U.S. Customs burned all my inventory, it was $9,000 worth of inventory. You know, that's a lot of money when you're my age. So, when although they burned it, it was like it's better than getting sued by the companies that's actually owning it. So, that actually helped me and I, I grew my brand even bigger without those things. But um, the whole moral of the story is just you're going to go through whatever you're going to go through. You just got to go through it and you got to be willing to understand that it's all a grind. Like, you're never going to come out just easy. You know what I mean? So, it's definitely worth it though. So, so they literally burned it. Yeah, they burned everything. All designers like they said, you can't be selling this stuff. Um, we're destroying everything. And I was like, destroying it. Is there any way I can like get this back? I can pay all whatever, a deposit or whatever. And they were like, no, it's all getting destroyed. It's already in the process. Wow. And I'm like, and you get, you know, you get, when you're ordering this stuff from China and it takes 30 to 45 days just to get to you. And it's just now getting to you and it gets stopped. And you're like, and they never even mm-hmm. called me to tell me it was getting destroyed or anything. I had to drive 45 minutes away to DHL. They told me, I tried to pull up on the US Customs they were closed it was a long process and it was just like never again will I put myself in that position again to like all oh, victim to selling other brands to just to make my brand grow and it helped me a lot not selling those brands. and
1: this thing is coming by boat 30 to 45 days Wow so but what was the problem is because you, you didn't classify it right through cross customs
2: oh. so there's you can't sell designer anything else designer so I was selling designer do and bonnets and stuff. And for a period of time, I was selling it for like five months, six months straight. So I'm like, I don't think there's a problem. And the reason I started to do it was because my competition was already doing it. So I'm like, if my competition is excelling in this, I have to at least give it a try. And I never ran into any issues until that day. And that's when I was like, I'm backing out fully. You can take the 9,000. My supplier refunded me the money. And I just was like, hey, look, if you can just keep up with my products that I'm working with now, I'll pay you back in the next four or five purchases. You'll have all that money and more. So that's how I I I worked it out with my suppliers.
0: What's interesting is there's a lot of there's a few do rag like people selling do rags. It became pretty popular. There's even I think a girl like she has a like a store in Melrose, mm-hmm. and she had her logo. Remember the girl? She created her logo, and they're like, you can't even read what the logo says. She's out here like doing dope stuff. cheer uh, yeah. alliance. Yeah, yeah, so yeah pretty popular. Dope. The crazy, the crazy thing is, is like it kind of lets you know that all these things that other people are selling to us can be sold by us, mm-hmm. and so like you'll walk past it. And you'll just kind of like not think twice, like, oh, it's just do-rags. Like, no, these people are making a fortune off of us. And now we've transferred that fortune from them to Dante or to all these different other people. And so it's like, what things are we taking for granted in our community? There's somebody out there selling you that that soda in the corner store. Somebody's selling you that burger. Somebody's selling you that burrito. We're just eating the burrito, thinking it's just a burrito. Like, no. You literally just pay for their whole family to buy that house, to go to school, (laughs) to tax you out, to be your landlord. And so if people are looking for business ideas, look at the ideas of people who are in your community that don't look like you, that are selling to you and just replace them. Like no malice, but that's an opportunity.
1: Yeah. It doesn't have to be something fancy. That's that's the thing. Doesn't have to be something big and fancy. So, got uh, this tweet from Dantes. I think this is a good one for both of you guys, for sure. Dantes, you said, money gave me the freedom to learn how to be a dad without stressing myself out. Money gave me the opportunities to make decisions that normally wouldn't have been there for me. Money may not be the answer to everything, but it damn sure solves a lot of
2: problems. It does, and... The reason I said all of it was because I was just appreciating the fact that today, you know, having my daughter, I pick her up every day from daycare. You know, I I do what I have to do for her and I'm there all the time. And there's not a lot of dads that can say, I don't have to go to work and I can see my kid every day and do whatever I want with them every day. And for me to be able to say that, it put me in a position to think like without the money, I would still have to go punch a clock because I would need the money to provide for her. So now that I'm able to provide doing what I do and it doesn't in, in contact with how I uh, spend time with her. Now it's like, that's true freedom. I can watch my daughter grow. I can become a better man and I can learn how to be a real boss, um, you know, by doing the things that I want to do, but I can be there for my family at the same time. And I was just appreciating all of it because although, like I said, money doesn't solve all your problems, It solves a lot of them that people fail to realize are the most important in their life at that moment that they needed. So I feel like I was just really appreciative of the fact that, you know, money does open those doors that some doors just don't open on their own. You know what I mean? So I'm definitely appreciative of, you know, the growth and everything.
0: I feel like I've only been a father for three months, so I can't answer that question as as well as he answered that question. Um, I I would just say that it does help to have the resources. But I think what's unique is I think in a lot of ways, father pushes you to become the kind of person that has those resources. Um, I always tell people like, I hustle from a different place now. I work from a different place now. I'm not working from the mindset of having more than my friends. Like I don't care what they have, not over here trying to stunt on them. I'm just trying to be the best version of me. And I'm trying to make sure that he never wants for anything and making sure that my family is taken care of. And so I feel like there's, and by me saying, that, I realized a lot of us might be limiting ourselves by only working hard enough to beat the next person. And I think that that's what a lot of people do is, and I was talking about this, I was like, if you're surrounded by a bunch of people who are underachievers, you're going to hit mediocrity and think you balling. And so you got to get around the right people who are going to push you to the next level. That's why getting around people like Chris is very important because Chris will show you like, bro, like y'all out there aiming to make 10K a month Chris is out there making 10K a day, making 100K a month. Like it'll expand your mind to what's possible for you because you think what's possible is only what the people are around you are doing. So I would just say, and I always ask people this question, I'm like, is, did did having a child make you that much better of a person? Because I know it did for me. I'm curious if, for Raphael, for Dantez, if you guys can kind of agree or disagree with that statement. I
2: definitely agree. I feel like I wouldn't have went about certain things, I wouldn't have been so courageous on certain things if it wasn't for having, uh, having a daughter. And having a kid at 18 is the hardest, it's not the hardest thing in the world, but it's one of the hardest situations you can and you can be in early on like that, you know, watching your friends go off to college and to see people go partying and do all those things. And you have a responsibility. It gives you a different it gives you a different mindset and a different drive. And I noticed that, you know, when she came out, there's a different feeling in me. I don't everything around me isn't the same no more. I don't do everything the same way I would have did it, did it if she wasn't here. So I dedicate everything that I do to her. So now it's like all of my results are because of her now. Well, definitely for me,
0: I feel like what kind of coincides with hustling to kind of like beat your friends or be as good as your friends is you also kind of don't do certain things because you don't want to kind of be the eyeball. Right. You want to still fit in with your friends and that can sometimes hold you back. And then when you have a different reason for why you do what you do, you do what is required to make sure that that person is taken care of. I think that's another thing that I do. Like, we put a lot of very successful people on a pedestal, and I feel like sometimes that can hold you back. Like, the people that you're worshiping, that worship can actually hold you back, and that can look like a lot of different ways. Sometimes you might not say something that you want to say because you don't want to offend them. They kind of become your boss at that point in time. It's like, you might not say something, you might not do something, you might not promote something as hard, because you're like, well, what are they going to think? Well, I'm here to tell you F what they think, and you might not get to that point until you have a child. Because I'm telling you, I used to hold back because I didn't want people who I looked up to, maybe in real estate, maybe in business, to to look down on what I was doing. And when I had my son, I was like, if I got to hit you with tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet about what I'm doing, And you're gonna get mad and you're gonna unfollow or mute or you're gonna go somewhere else. That's just what we're gonna have to do. But what I always tell people is you'll get more following talking about what you do than you will just pandering to other people. Like when I became just driven on promoting my brand and promoting my business, my following actually doubled. It didn't shrink, it doubled. And I feel like so many people, they are that's what they're afraid of. They're like, Well, I don't want people to get annoyed. I don't want people to like unfollow me and blah, blah, blah. And so they don't put out what they're out because they just talk about regular stuff you have an obligation to promote your brand every single day. You have an obligation to literally be talking about what you do every single day because nothing else is going to pay you. Quavo and Saweetie and Megan Thee Stallion, they do not pay none of your bills. And so talking about the gossip that has to do with them ain't paying your bills. So you're not going to see no, I'm not going to leave a, a potential marketing tweet and fill it with some Quavo stuff
1: for what? Yeah, I tell you, it's only because of my kids is like, I, I told myself, I got to leave them, I got to leave something for them. I'm all right. Like, if I was, if it was it's just me and I, I never build any type of wealth I'll be all right it's like when I was young like like I say like even younger than Dante like 15 14 I never understood why people really cared about money so much but then it's like I got a little older it's like family you got kids that's why it's important you know so I gotta leave something for my kids and I mean like you always say it's like bump everything else you gotta feed them you, you gotta, you gotta feed them. I, 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 and sometimes you gotta do things you don't wanna do, like whether the job, business, whatever. I, I told myself a long time ago, like my kids can't eat my dignity. So it's like Dante's in the beginning, he was delivering his his do rags. I know he was doing it, but. Let's say he had a car and his car broke down. He probably would have gone on the bus or a bike or whatever. You know, he wouldn't have cared. Like, you got to do what you got to do. You know, you can't be worried about what other people think. Because your kids can't introduce you. They don't care about you being cool. They want dinner on the table at the same time it is every other night. man. Raphael,
0: you have a tweet. And I think it could probably be relevant to everybody on this podcast. But the the tweet said, product outweighs talent. And there was a quote by Master P. Can you talk about that, Raphael?
1: Well, I love I love I love Master P man ever since like ninety eight when he came out. I'm I'm older than all of y'all, so I remember when he first came out and Master P he always says lately, he says, Oh um, get you some product, give you some product. I keep hearing like when he told us I to hear like Charles in my head, like Rafael, give you some product, get you some product. Every every week Charles is like, You gotta get you some product, man. And knows he was never even close to being the best rapper. He said, "I saw." He said the other day, "I wasn't even the best rapper in New Orleans." But he was constantly putting out product, and he people criticized him because I mean, he had no limit, and they were at their height. They were putting up, they were doing—they were like a, a a factory. Every month they were putting on an album, and he, he, I remember he said he made a had a record for how for how many records they actually put on a year. I forget how much <laughs> it was, but he was just dropping them, and dropping them, and dropping them, and dropping them. And dropping them. And, even if you make a little bit off each one, it all adds up. Instead of like Nas, Nas, Nas is a perfectionist, people act like he's so great, but he dropped an album. I remember when um, Jay-Z came at him and he said, you had, you got four albums in nine years. That's like uh, one every two. <laughs> like, two on, of the was two. <laughs> <laughs> One of them was like, eh. <laughs> the other one was Ilmatic. That's a one hat hot album every 10 year, ten year average. Like, come on. Man. When he said that, ten it was years. Like, like, come on, man. Four hours in ten in nine, ten years. Come on, man. Four hours in ten years. We need that product, man. You got we all gotta be like Young Bull over here, the, the, the notorious T E Z. This guy got
2: <laughs> Snag you still got snagger rag, right? Yeah, I still got it.
1: <laughs> still got snagger rag. He's got um the new clothing line, one up clothing, he's got the gumro going. I'm sure he got some other stuff going that I don't even know about about product. But time, the crazy the,
0: the crazy thing is he was working for the car dealership because they had the product. And so he had to get his own products. And we work for the law firm because the law firm has their own product. And so the separation isn't necessarily Anything, anything but that product. You get the product. Speaking of, uh, it's so funny because I was listening to Dame Dash and he was talking about Currency and Currency releases albums kind of like Master P level. It's like either one a month or one every other month or something along those lines. But Dame Dash was saying that like the music is just like the marketing. You're just constantly putting it out there so that people know that you exist. I forgot the exact verbiage, but that's what you do it for. It's like you put it out there kind of like a podcast. You're constantly putting something out there so that you stay relevant. You got to stay relevant. You got to stay fresh. I think another thing is that's so key about that is like, you don't got to be the best. And a lot of people, they'll come at you and they'll say like, well, it's not the best. And it's like, I don't gotta be the best, I'm still eating. And another thing, I was listening to Larry June, he was like, he said, if you don't like my, my music, then turn it off. <laughs> if you don't, this is same for you, then just turn it off, man. The product
2: outweighs talent. What's your thoughts on that, Dantez? I agree, honestly, like, as long as you're staying consistent at it, and, and the way I just thought about it is the same thing with Twitter. You wanna grow your Twitter, you wanna grow your Instagram, you gotta post the content. Content is king, and at the end of the day, you can say whatever you wanna say, you can try to convince whoever you want, but they're gonna attract themselves to the person who's putting out value, who's putting out the product, who's doing the most, or you know, showing them something that they're not gonna get anywhere else. So I feel like you got to put out, you got to have the product and you got to be able to put it out in a certain way to where people resonate with it. So product is definitely it. You got to, you got to stay consistent with it. And just like I said, when you're going your Twitter, you got to come in every day. You got to hit tweet after tweet, after tweet, after tweet, after tweet. You got to stay consistent. When you lose that consistency, you just start thinking, I just need to hit one big one. And when is that next big one going to come? You just start going into a cycle. So product is definitely it, literally. <laughs> What do you got from Raphael?
1: So, you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, Currency came up through Dame Dash, right? Like and Currency Dame came Dash.
0: up through... Currency worked with Dame Dash at one point in time, but he yeah, actually yeah, came sure. up... I think he was signed by both No Limit and Cash Money. He was on both of those labels at one point in time. He's from New Orleans. Right,
1: right, So, right. like, yeah. Something happened between him and Dame. I don't know what it was. Yeah, they... they He said he tried to
0: start a business with Dame. I guess it didn't work. A lot of people, their business relationships don't work out with Dame. I don't know why. But they always learn something from Dame and Dash. So they might not work out, but they always learn something.
1: Okay, so Don says, you said, actually, I'm going to go to one of Charles' tweets. We were talking, you were touching on this uh, a little while ago. You said, sidebar, don't let any of these MFs tell you what you can or can't sell. Folks dead last in the wealth race, can't get fair wages. Now folks want to come on here and be the online product police. Um, I don't know what inspired that, but I feel
0: like, I I just feel like we have this culture where it's like you can't win for losing. You go to the jobs and they don't want to pay you fairly. And then you go and you want to create a business and people judge your business unfairly. And so I feel like you got to just sell what you got to sell and promote what you got to promote. You can be the most qualified person. They're still going to find a reason to tell you that you can't do what you want to do. And so a part of it is like inspiring to other people, but it's also like a big middle finger to anybody that has anything negative to say, because it's like, if you, if you could do it better, you do it. I'm still waiting. I, I buy everybody's course and content. I buy it all. Like somebody, there is one, one dude who has some comments to make. He released like a product on pre-release and I bought it. And then he retracted it. He didn't do the pre-release anymore. But I was like, once one of these haters drops a, a, an affordable course teaching us how to make as much money as they're making, I'm buying it twice. I'll gift it to somebody else. But the thing is, is they aren't willing to do it. They're willing to criticize it, but they're not willing to do it. And I feel like that's lame. And it kind of concerns me because we always make it seem like our issue was is wealth. And then people got money and it just got real messy. And so we're just messy people with money now. And it's like, was the issue really wealth or is the issue us? Do we have some improvement that we need to do? Do we have some things that we need to work on internally? And I think that's a combination of both. But I think that you can't just solve one problem when you have a whole host of problems. You got to attack it all. Like money is a problem but also our ability to conduct ourselves with other people is a problem as well our ability to be supportive and appreciative of other people's success is a problem as well. So I just think that it's, it's money kind of magnifies who you are. And you get money and you're messy and tacky. It's going to be a messy, tacky person with money.
1: It's like you said, wealth isn't the solution. Wealth just further exposes our assumptions. And there's a saying that people always say, um, money doesn't change you, it just magnifies what you already were.
2: So that's kind of sad. And I, I agree with that too. It's, it's a lot of people, and I, I was just saying that mm-hmm. today, there's a lot of people who let the haters outweigh the support of people that are there literally there for them every single day always posting about how great they are but it's just that one person that just gets you so down off of one like and it's like this person has never bought anything they're not supporting you they're not contributing to anything, but this one person has uh, so much uh, weight on you to where you feel like you're you're unable to do it when you have uh, so many other people just there for you and willing to you know support you and do all these different things, but you let this one person. It's like in the business world and even in real life, like Ty said, you just got to flick them off. If they're not down for you, bro, there's so many other thousands of people who will be grateful to be down for you. You know what I mean? So that's what that's what comes back to being at peace with yourself and being comfortable with who you are. You're never going to let somebody one person just pull you all the way down. And everybody has those moments where maybe it'd be a big person or, or someone a small page or something like that where it just breaks them down a little bit. You just gotta remember like they're not contributing to any of your bills. They're not doing anything. If you block them right now, nothing in your life will change. So you just gotta block them or you let, let them let them watch the uh, success. So that's how I feel about it.
1: Mm. it just remind me um a long time ago Snoop Dogg was on was on uh No Limit and then he got off and then somebody asked Snoop Dogg one time what's the the number one thing you learn from Master P. And he said, oh, what I learned from P was that haters are like dandruff. They can't get no closer to you than like right here on your shoulder and then you just brush them (laughs) off. (laughs) That's funny.
0: Master P is so funny. It's like Master P definitely had haters growing up when he was coming up, and then it's like they start to appreciate what you've done. Diddy, it's so funny. We all celebrate Diddy now, but they used to hate on Diddy. He can't dance. He doesn't make good music. He's not a good rapper. They hated on Diddy. So it's like, I feel like that kind of goes to the beginning of what we're talking about. Like, you got to stay true to you. Stay true to you, and later on, they will celebrate you. I've experienced it multiple times. Every time somebody comes for me and I just keep on staying on my path, they come back around and they're like, oh yeah, like, I'm trying to to get back in. What, What you got going on? And so it's like, you can't compromise and you can't not do, like, think about it. Imagine if you let somebody knock you off and you stop promoting, you start producing because of their opinion about you. Imagine how much money you leave on the table. You're leaving millions, hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of dollars on the table because you let somebody knock you off. When, like he said, there's a big old world out there. I think about how much money we've been able to make. And I look at like the Twitter following. I was doing the math. I was like, so if you sold, let's say 10,000 of a course at hundred dollars hundred dollars—that's a million dollars. And if you have a hundred thousand followers, you still got another eighty thousand followers that you could be selling to, if not even more, ninety thousand followers. And so it's like the world is big. You can't let one person, in their opinion, most of them that you never met in life, over here knock you off
2: your square. Like you got to stay, stay focused on your mission. Most of them don't even have profile pictures or aren't even oh, noticeable man. or anything. It's like it's just one of those haters. And it's just like you got to
0: <laughs> I like the I like the Master P conversation. I like that we have. Master P appreciation these days. Cause I feel like even I was once like not the biggest fan of Master P. Um, it's so one of the th- the dope things that I like is he, he was posting the, the Nipsey Blue, uh, that he had. And he was saying like, I told you we get better with time. It's like right. the first one, look what, what, what it looked like. Now look at this one. We got the suede. We got this. We got this on there. The design is more fly. And that's one of the things I was trying to get Lavar Ball to understand. And I wish he wouldn't have stopped doing what he was doing because even if you look at him, like the second iteration was fly. Yeah. The first one right. was kind of like, eh. The second one was fly. But if you look at the first Jordan, the first Jordan was eh. Now the later Jordans are like, dang, that's super checked out, all that stuff. Of course, now people can appreciate the first Jordan, but they can only really appreciate it years later. Right. And so I feel like as entrepreneurs, a lot of people see Tweet Talks as like business class. So it's like as entrepreneurs, you got to get that first iteration out there. You got to put it out there. You got to promote it. And you just got to, you got to
1: continue to critique and refine what you got as you go. Yeah. you. That reminds me of um, Peter, everything's. Coming. I'm back to Master P now, man. But uh Oh Master P there we go. The, you're talking about the first Jordan's. I mean, when the first Jordan's came out, they, they hit him with fines or something. They hit him with fines. The NBA hit him with fines because he had black sneakers and the NBA rules say you had to wear white sneakers for every game whatever which you taking know. the fines. It reminds me of Master P. When he, when he made his first movie, I'm um, about it, the movie, he um he tried to get it distributed in theaters, but he didn't like the deals he was getting. So he said, you know what? I'm gonna just go straight to video. I don't like the money they're offering me, whatever. But he put on it, banned in theaters across America. Wow. For marketing, yeah, it's like, he just put it out there, just for the marketing, like band in theaters. <laughs> I mean, in reality, he just didn't like what he was getting. And he just put put his own money up, like Dame always said. Yeah, shot the movie himself, wrote himself, and just put it up. But all his people in the movie. That's different. The quality wasn't great, but I know I bought I bought a copy <laughs> back then, the VHS. Another
0: key of being an entrepreneur is putting your other people on. Like we can we can beg other people for opportunities or we can create opportunities for other people. And I've done it and I was even thinking about it last night. I was like, man, I could I could put like a certain segment of my business to fund my parents' mortgage. Like they're making the mortgage payment, but imagine if I could just pay an extra thousand dollars each month on that mortgage, we can knock it out way quicker. And it it'll probably be a write-off to me because I just figure out a way to make it so it was like compensation for my mom for whatever. And so it's like your business allows you to really do things for more than just yourself like we always talk about the business about community not just for
1: for you so i think that's dope. speaking of for the listeners if you are one of those late filers out there you gotta hit us up if you need tax services start capital tax um hit us up you can dm me if you want or because you know if you dm charles you're not you're going to get lost in the ether but um Dante, as you you said playing off this whole thing. You said feed off the negative energy.
2: Yeah, and now that I think about it, I think at that particular moment I was just getting a vibe from my closest friends, and that's sometimes the hardest thing to like understand is that your closest people sometimes don't have your best interest at heart and you have to feed off that energy. Like if you let that eat you up in the inside or this person doesn't believe in me and I really can't do it. When you start believing it, that's when you really start seeing the results of you start falling off and you start distancing yourself from who you really are. And that's why I said that, you know, you got to feed off the negative energy because that negative energy is going to give you the courage to get past the next level of negative energy. The Mm -hmm. person that's in front of you, that's giving you whatever negative vibes is going to be a worst person after them. So you're going to have to handle this problem right here in front of you so you can get to the next problem and handle that one accordingly. So you got to feed off the negative energy because especially being an entrepreneur, there's going to be so many people who don't who don't believe in you, who don't think whatever you're selling is good enough. It's it's literally every time you start, it doesn't matter what you're doing, it doesn't matter how big you are, they're not going to believe in you. There's always going to be a percentage of people, but you got to feed off that negative energy if you plan on getting to that level you're trying to get to. That's
0: true. And it's the crazy part is that's true even if you have funding, like funding and no funding. Whatever you first put out there, that's unique and foreign to somebody. They're gonna be like, "What the heck is this? What's a what's a what's a, Why is there no buttons on this phone? That's crazy." <laughs> uh, and now all we use is phones without buttons. They, even got, they took way less buttons off. Why is there no headphone jack on this? I feel like we gotta we gotta really learn that. I think I never really took it as feeding off of the negative energy, although I feed off the negative energy. Um, every like, I, I think somebody tweeted something and somebody brought it to my attention, and like I think I was kind of chilling on marketing and promoting, and it put a better my back. I was like, I gotta go hard again. And so I I went 10x. I was like, I booked like four ads on this page. I put like another three ads. I just went 10x. I just went crazy. And like when I was getting the most heat, that's when I promoted and marketed myself the hardest. And that's when I had my best weeks. And it's true. It's like I feel like the same thing can kind of be true as it pertains to maybe even race in America. It's like you can use the negativity that comes from race to wallow in your shame and not do anything and be mad. Or you can use it as motivation to do dope shit. And I've always done that. Like people, if if something comes against me, I'm like, I got to get doper. I got to do more dope shit. Not, oh, man, they don't like me. It's like, oh, I guess I got to get doper. So it doesn't matter if they like me or not. So I feel like I never really looked at it as like feeding off of the negativity. But I feel like most successful people do do that because you're going to get it either way. LeBron James is hated. Like we all get it,
1: man.
3: Visit GetLacedLaces.com. Do your sneakers look just like everyone else's? Could your sneakers use an upgrade? Be sure to slide on down to GetLacedLaces.com and grab some premium laces. These laces will make your sneakers stand out guaranteed. That's www.GetLacedLaces.com. Premium shoes need premium laces. Go get yours now. You can also connect on social media at Principal PDMC.
1: Dante,
2: tell us about One Love Clothing, and the ownership structure. Yeah, so One Love Clothing, um, I made it uh, for my daughter. Um, I wanted to make sure that I had something that's, you know, although I have everything working for me on the side and I'm investing on the side and making sure I have accounts for and set up and everything, I want to have something that's uh, orientated around us that I'm special that I specialize in right now, which is creating brands and, you know, selling emotion. So I created One Love and I gave my daughter 50% ownership of it because I want to show her that ownership at a young age is something that's very, very important to me because I, I even just growing up where I grew up and everything and not seeing that a lot of people own stuff, it's a different mindset when you own something than a person who doesn't own anything at all. You know what I mean? So with me starting this clothing brand, it's kind of like starting a journey with her into her own little entrepreneurial world when she gets to that age. To be able to say that I have a clothing brand of my own, that I own with my dad, to be able to say that, if I was able to say that at this age, it would be amazing. It would be a blessing to say that, but not a lot of people stick with it. So this, this is why I wanted to do it the way I wanted to do it this time, with setting up a brand and branding it around family and just making sure people understand that you know the meaning of one love is not just, you know, just to show one love on the clothing. It's everybody dedicates and hustles and everything. And my whole entire life, I dedicated everything to hustling because I was always the person last. I was always the person to get picked last. And it and it, when it adds up and it adds up and it adds up, you start to change as a person. So I want her to understand, even if you're blessed with talent, even if you're blessed with uh, this mentality that nobody else can have, you still gonna have to work hard no matter what you're trying to get to. So one love is dedicating and uh, all your dedication, all your hustle, it goes to one person, whether it's your daughter, your family, a lost family member, it goes to one place your city, the, the place that you're, you come from, or it goes to one thing, whether you like sports or you're talented in rapping or anything, it, it, it's kind of like it goes around everything. And I just wanted people to understand you have to dedicate yourself to those three things in life if you're ever going to really look for real freedom or real success in life.
0: So, another benefit of entrepreneurship that isn't just getting rich, you can pass it to your kids. And you could work as hard as you want on your job. You can get all the promotions. You can get all the raises, but you can't pass that down to your kids. But you can pass that business down to your kids, which I think is dope.
1: And the funny thing is, like, even if you start a business and it, even if you don't grow it to something huge, like let's say maybe you just do like 100,000 or even 50,000 on the side a year, you can pass it to your kid and then they can blow it up. Mm-hmm. they blowing up. You see that a lot with um, entrepreneurs. They they start a business, a little Chinese store or whatever, and Chinese food store or whatever. And they pass it to the kids. They send the kids off to college to learn how to run a business, like a business. Make them work in it first, send them off to college. And I heard the the Caffey family that that owns uh Chick-fil-A, they send their kids out after college. The kids have to work for somebody else for two years before they could come back into the business. And then they come <laughs> back and they, they blow it up. You know? So that's another dope thing about Having your own yeah. business and putting your kids on exactly. And Charles you said I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if this is like Because of the whole Nick Can thing or what But you said they make you think You are on top but there is no ownership. Man, Dame Dash said that. And he was, I feel like in a lot of ways, he throws
0: a lot of jabs at Jay-Z. But what <laughs> he was, I feel, like, I feel like what he was kind of saying is he's like these rappers, they bring him in, they throw a bunch of money at them, and they make him feel like the man. And like, they start to think they're the man. They start to think they're running things. But really, they don't own nothing. And so he was he was kind of saying it's like there's a difference between like really owning it and being the boss. But what happens a lot of times is they will bring you in. They'll make you feel special. They'll make you feel like you are appreciated. But like Nick Cannon, Nick Cannon would probably act like he was the king of wilding out. He was probably appreciated. He had major pool. But at the end of the day, there's no ownership. And so I think what Dame does, and it's something that I kind of do a lot, is he throws it in your face. So you move different. He's not over here saying like, ha, ha, look at you. He's like saying like, no, move this way. It's better because it's better to be an owner than it is to have somebody give you this fake feeling of greatness. I'd rather have real like boss stuff than than the illusion of inclusion. It's kind of like we always talk about, like the illusion of inclusion. It it dissuades people into not doing anything like if people really knew the way integration works. It would move a lot different, but they don't. They think that they're really they think that everything has changed. I, I move because of my job and because of the way my lifestyle is, I go to a lot of predominantly white areas. And when I'm there, you start to realize like, bro, like this is a whites only area. You go there, they've been looking at you kind of weird. Like, if they could, they would say something to you. <laughs> like, bro, this ain't for you, man. Like, this neighborhood ain't for you. This store ain't for you. This restaurant ain't for you. And so it's like the the problem is we don't see it, and because we don't see it, we don't do anything. But if we really knew the reality of what's going on, we move a lot different. And that's why Dame says what he says because it's like, bro, like if you really knew they're playing you, they're effing you, they're over here getting rich off of your back, you move a lot different. And that's just the reality of it. That's huge. That's even like, even like on the job, man, it's like on the job, they'd be over here, like celebrating you. Like I had to grow my podcast and she was talking about how like they'll celebrate you or even, even like, I was thinking about this because there's like people who have sales jobs. And I was like, if you have a sales job and you are able to really make like a livable wage, like six figures, you probably are making somebody else rich because if you are that great at sales, you should be rich. The problem. And I was like, there's probably you a wave. I'm not a good salesperson. <laughs> I'm not good. I've kind of had to grow into being somebody who can do that. But like there's people who that's all they do is sell. But the problem is they're selling somebody else's product. And even um, P. Millie said it herself. She was like, when she was working for these people selling stuff, they were giving her like 10 and 20% of the commission as opposed to with us, she's getting 50%. And who gets 80%? They make 80% they do nothing, but they make you feel like you're the man while they're over here robbing you blind.
2: It's powerful because a lot of people don't even notice or pay attention to it now. They just look at the upfront and that's where it comes, like you said, that long-term money, especially when you're you're young. Every dollar that I get, I don't even think about it no more or any deposit that I get from Gumroad, that's not going to be there forever. And I think Xavier said it, you know, I don't trust just e or I don't, or, and if I put it in my way, I don't trust just e so I'm going to put money in real estate. I don't trust just real estate, so I'm going to put money in stocks. That's the way it has to be. Like, people forget all about, the things that happen like a pandemic, most people didn't even for their nine to five to let them go. Most people don't aren't prepared for that they don't see that in the future. So that's huge, man. Honestly, and that's a powerful tweet. That's why I uh, that's why I buy so many vending machines. I'm just like
0: you know I need I need I need multiple streams of six figures. I can't just have one six figure stream. I'm just like okay, we good. Like no like if I can put up six figures in vending machines and I got six figures in, in real estate and I got six figures in
2: e com like I'm good. But you, you need multiple legs on that table and on that stool. Right, and it's a little too risky trying to play it off and putting all your eggs in the basket, too. Cause one, like I said, one thing goes wrong you have no clue of you don't have anything else started up already you have to start everything from scratch instead of and a lot of people have problems with having multiple businesses and while I understand you're not going to scale the business that you're mainly prioritized on to the fullest potential I understand that but you have to understand if that business doesn't work out you got to have other legs that you can progressively work on um on the side or if it doesn't work out you can go to those as a main but people forget like everyone is always listening to another person you got to do what's best for you so I am in my opinion, I feel like having more than one source of income is the best way to live life. Because if one if one thing goes wrong, a pandemic, or you get fired from your job, or something happens, you're like you're in this position you never in life want to be in, where you're questioning how you're going to move for these next couple months, or how you're going to survive, and that's just a bad predicament to be in. One of my old tweets,
0: I was talking about how like basically I was saying like when you're single, you got a bunch of side women. When you're married, you got a bunch of side businesses. And so it's like I just be nurturing and texting my Businesses in my businesses, like what's good?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that before. <laughs> uh, oh,
1: that's funny. But I think that goes and that goes for our um, products too. Even if you got one business, you can't rely on one product. Like, imagine if Charles, once the options trading courses popped off, imagine if he only concentrated on that and never put out crisis money, never put out how to build a six figure digital business. Right? So you gotta have
0: what's crazy is somebody who buys one thing from you will buy everything from you. Um, People will literally just go down just like bloop, 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 bloop. Like they just like, they just want more of you. They want more of whatever you're selling. So you definitely got to have more products out there.
2: And that's going to, and that's, it goes back again to the beginning when you stay true to yourself, people realize when you're, when there's genuine, when there's someone who's genuine, and they can realize when there's a real person. So when they're real, they get addicted to real, they like, I need more real, I need to buy more, I need to spend whatever I'm making at my nine to five to get more of this, because this is a regular where I'm at, or, or, or from the people around me. So that's people buying into who you are. And that's, part of building your brand. And that's why building your brand, your personal brand should be first before you even start a business. So you can actually push people to the business and they know that you're a reputable person. So that's huge, man. That's honestly,
0: That's a bar. I never, I never even really thought about that, but that's so true. Build the personal brand before you build the actual brand of your product. Yep,
2: and that's, that's exactly how I started my Durag business. I sold everything and I put everything on my own page but when I realized I need a brand, I pushed everything, all of my clientele to a brand, a logo, a name. And then everybody knows that it originated from this person. I trust this person. Now I can buy from this brand. And I let the brand do its thing. All the new people come to the brand. It's a new taste in their mouth. So I want to give them the best taste I could possibly give them.
0: I don't see how people can see, because I, I just got a DM from Penny Pandemic. I was like, I don't understand how people can see all these dope people doing dope stuff. And start hating. I feel like you gotta get inspired. I feel like Dante's in a lot of ways inspired me in what I'm doing. Like we all inspire each other. Like I I think I had one of my tweets. I was like, some people will see somebody make a hundred thousand dollars a month and get mad and start hating. And somebody will be inspired. And the person that gets inspired is gonna be the person that makes a hundred thousand dollars a week because it's like all they're doing is showing us that it's possible. And people don't need it to be easy. We don't lose because it's hard. We lose because they tell us it's not possible. And so if it's not possible, they don't even try. When I put out there the whole, like, we made this much money, now everybody's like, I'm next. Everybody's like, I I got it next. Like, they're all chasing that. And it's real. It's tangible. They can get to it. And I feel like that's dope to see. It's kind of surreal in a lot of ways to see that mindset shift for a lot of people. But everybody's like, I'm next. I'm getting it. It's not like, we can't. They ain't going to let us. It's hard. Average black family only has $17,000. Tone talks. like
2: Everybody's like, nah, man. If Todd did it, I can't. Right. And that's crazy because you said that. And the biggest reason I am where I am is because of Twitter and the people that I network with. Like me and Chris, me and Todd, I made a, a lot of money affiliating with Todd. And I was like, this that was my first time making a lot of money on Gumroad in general. Like my courses were going good, but it wasn't like Todd's I was like getting them every single day sleeping and everything. I'm like, you know that you're making money with this person and it's good vibes. There's no jealousy. There's not one ounce of jealousy in me. And again, that's staying true to yourself. But, you know, people look at people like Chris and like people who have this amount of money and they 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 feel like they just can't do it. But if you just genuinely be happy for that person and you be happy for who you are and you just go out and just do whatever you're trying to do, you can be successful in it too. There's no reason you can't do it. There's a thousand, there's millions and millions and billions of people um, in the world. And that's one thing my mentor to- uh, told me, Nate, there's people out here that sell it, selling bottled air and you feel like you can't sell anything. Right. Google bottled air and you can go buy it for more than $10 for air that you can get from breathing. So man,
0: it's, it's it kind of, I don't I don't use the word frustrating, but it's like, I have family members who so like, I always tell them like, man, you guys could be, selling whatever you want, sell plates, and the place turned into a restaurant. In downtown LA, um, they have these, like, little food carts. Mm. And I used to work in downtown LA, like, a long time ago, like, seven years ago. And they had little food carts selling their hot dogs, doing whatever. Now they got a full little pop-up restaurant like they pull their little car out. They got a little trailer behind it. They got like the big grill, big, huge grill. Now they got big, huge signage. They got a little pop-up seating area. And it's all because they got started where they were with what they had. And they weren't ashamed to go out there and just start working with what they got, man. And that's why I see so many homeless people like you guys could be doing something. Like there's this one dude. I think he has like a little swap meet. And I'm like, this is great. Like just do your swap meet. Promote it, and it's going to grow. Like, if you build it, it will grow. That's a bar. Not like that. if you build it, it will come and build it will grow. <laughs> we got Raphael.
1: <laughs> so on that note, you said, Charles, some people in your family will not take your advice, even if it's successful advice, just because they don't want you to think you are smarter or better than them. Online people um, are hungry for the gems. Your family like, okay, we get it. We don't need another lecture. <laughs> Um, man,
0: I just, I don't know. It's what I've experienced in in life. And it's frustrating because it's like you want the best for people and they kind of reject your wisdom, not because it's wrong and not because it's not working, but because like they don't want you to think that you're better than them. And so I don't even know what to make of it. It's just something that I kind of observed and I realized it. And I guess you kind of want the best for people and you wish them the best. But it's like at the end of the day, you you really got to become successful for you. And it'd be great if other people got it. But if they don't, they just don't. I'm not going to, I can't. I can't slow down and I can't hold back to try to make sure that somebody else is coming along with me. Um, I feel like in a lot of ways, I used to kind of do that. Um, I'll never forget. I was in, I was, I don't know if I should tell this story, but I was like, I was like younger and I had a goal and somebody else was kind of alongside that goal. And I thought like, maybe I should take a step back and wait for them to come along with me. And I ultimately just pressed forward and got my goal accomplished. And I think they ended up taking like a lot longer to accomplish that goal. Granted, they still got it. But I just, I felt like I was better off pushing forward because I was able to add more stuff onto what I was doing. And so I feel like in a lot of ways, you got to kind of be selfish with your success. Um, It's great to share certain things if people get it, but you can't drag people because if you drag people, they're going to slow you down. So you got to sprint ahead. And if they catch up, they catch up. And sometimes they will catch up. But, i'm not I'm not really in favor of you not marching towards your mission for the sake of other people exactly and
2: and I've noticed that even i'm starting to notice it a lot more now within my family now that people are starting to see the success and in- See everything now. I've noticed that because I'm younger, or because I'm, I've done these certain things that they feel like <clears throat> he's a know-it-all, or he's he's not going to guide me in the right way because he's already doing it. With my intentions personally, it's like if you can eat without me having to provide for you, without me giving you the food, then I've done everything that I needed to do. I'm 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 successful at that point with what I was trying to do and what I was trying to accomplish. So I feel like a lot of people sometimes feel like, you know, with family, it's a lot harder to get things going with them because, you know, they're family and you want them to do so good. But like you said, if they if they can't keep up, you can't slow down for them. And that's where a lot of people fall off too. They try to slow down for family and you end up slowing down so much to where now you forget sight of what your goal was. So you just got to stay on it. You got to, like me Me and Ace say the same thing, all gas, no brakes. There's no way I can slow down for a person who can't keep up for me, so.
1: I think Dante's is like, the Nick Cannon of uh, of wealth Twitter, like I think people forget, like Nick Cannon was a boss at a real early age, like a boss, boss. He was like I first heard of to um, forget what the name of that show on Nickelodeon. I think it was All That or something like that.
2: Yeah, he played the. Uh, it was a uh, I can't remember the name. I don't know exactly. I watched it every day. You're kind of young mm-hmm. to remember that. But, no, they had it. Uh, well, in my household, with older people, uh, I'm the youngest, so it's like they watch older stuff. So
1: <laughs> yeah, but he was like 19 and he was the executive. Producer of a TV show at 19. And I think he had ownership. I don't know if he had ownership at that, but he was an executive producer. So he got to start his start on Nickelodeon. Yeah, and then I think he best. got into ownership real early, 19 years old. I remember he was dating uh, Christina Million for a little bit and then they broke right, up. right, right. And one time, they asked in an interview about the whole relationship, and she said, you know what, man? We were the same age, but he was a, he was a boss, and I was not McCannon, used
0: to they like, Cannon's actually from Southern California. I think I used to know people who, like, you know, when somebody's, like, big and they're from where you're from, People kind of know somebody who knows them, like, oh yeah, that's my cousin. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, he was like, he was like a big deal, and I think he's from like San Diego area. So I saw him reference. He made like a comment about Southeast San Diego. Like, you only know about that part of San Diego if you're from San Diego. Mm-hmm.
1: So he's he's local to me at least. But yeah, everybody's like, talking like about Nick and hopefully, I think his father was like a big a big uh, bugs leader, some crap like that, something yeah. like that. Huh. Anyway, so Dante, as you said. Put yourself in the position to make a difference.
2: Yeah. So when I was thinking about, as I was typing it, sometimes like sometimes I get like uh, tweets that come to my head at the weirdest moments. And sometimes people don't go out and go get what they need to go get in order to get in the position to make their next move. So some people feel complacent sometimes, or when in a certain situation, or when they're starting, they just don't have the 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 uh the support that they need you know the support so i I tell people all the time you don't need support you don't need someone to sit there and pat you on the back good job keep going you don't need that person you need that person for yourself and that person needs to be yourself no matter what because you're going to lose that support system somewhere along the lines anyway so you have to learn how to support yourself on your own without nobody else and you have to be so okay with yourself to where if someone does, who doesn't support you say something about it, you still support yourself no matter what, and it's not going to change how you think. So I feel like everybody has to go out and go do what they need to do if they really want to make uh, open more doors for themselves and the people around them.
0: Straight bars. Hit him with another tweet, Raphael. Keep him
2: going.
1: Yes, yeah, yes. So, Ted, you said one thing every successful person had was a vision. It may not have worked out exactly how they thought, but it did. And that's all that matters.
2: And I was saying, I actually tweeted that tweet as I was watching the Nipsey Hussle uh, interview. And, like, a lot of people ask, you know, where you get your wisdom from Mm -hmm. at this age. And I I watch a lot of Nipsey Hussle. I have a shirt on right now. And I feel like every person that I've seen in my life and even the people that I look up to all had a vision. They all had... An end goal in mind. It didn't matter, and and this is something that uh, he said in an interview that I watched yesterday. You have where you're trying to get to, and you have, or where you're at right now, and you have where you're trying to be, and you have all this other shit in in between that really doesn't matter until you get to the end. And I kind of ran with that because it's like that's so true. You're not even going to remember what you did two months ago, but you're going to remember the fact that it helped you get to where you're at right now. So I feel like every successful person has a vision, and even like Todd or even like Chris or the biggest people that I, I really look up to the most they all had a vision and they showed other people that it was possible first which gave other people vision. so it's just you know uh people with um you know sight just leading more people with more sight you know what i mean so just uh, it's a lot of people that lack that vision they need a vision in order to stay consistent
0: it's funny because i was thinking about this today because i was running the numbers on the rate and uh <laughs> I never forget like a long maybe like 10 years ago, I took a, I was in Long Beach and I saw a Bentley and I took a picture in front of the Bentley and somebody made a comment of like, oh folks over over here always taking pictures in front of cars that they don't own. And then I remember somebody else made a comment like a few years ago and she was like, oh, Charles always taking pictures of cars that don't belong to him. And I was like, it's going to be crazy when I pull up in it one day. Right. Right. Because it's like, people don't realize what I'm doing. It's like, I'm building what I want. I see what I want. And I'm going to focus on what I want. I'm not taking pictures of stuff that's not what I want. I'm focused on what I want despite everything else. And so like vision is something that I'm really big on. I feel like it's something that I was kind of taught early um, in church. It's just having that vision locked on to that vision so like people they think i'm just taking pictures of cars like no i'm focused i'm like everything that i do is it relates to a lot of different things that i promote and put out there so rafael what else you got for him, man
1: okay so we got a key from you charles you said i have a degree in finance i have had my <laughs> series 7 and series seven, 66 Worked for edward jones and jp morgan but twitter said i am not qualified to teach people about stocks Who is that? Um, I mean, the tweet's kind of self explanatory, but
0: sometimes you got to remind yourself who you are. It's like Jay Z said, it's like sometimes you need your ego and you got to remind these fools because it's like, I've done stuff that I forgot about. And that is a testament of me always being somebody who's accomplishment driven. So it's like, that was just me talking about my professional resume, not talking about what I've done when I was in college, not talking about what I've done. In between college and all the professional stuff in business like let's not even talk about like uh my my graphic designers put out that resume and i was like y'all missed a lot of stuff on this thing but <laughs> it's it's like i feel like that's kind of what it was is i had to remind myself and also had to remind people but in a lot of ways you didn't really have to qualify yourself for people anyway it's like you like for me the product sells itself and people who have had success it sells itself And I just had to get prepared for when I did see that opportunity to strike on that opportunity and double down on the opportunity. But I just I mean, that's kind of where I was in that mindset is is like kind of kind of like reminding myself, but also kind of throwing it in Twitter's face. Once again, it's like I am qualified to be here. And even if I didn't have those credentials, if I've had the success. Because that said, I didn't even really start even talking about what I've done until I had success in that space. So it's like those credentials, I didn't even start teaching people it until I had success applying those credentials to real life. And so like, that's just me. It's like, Dante, if he has success doing what he's doing, once you have success, now you can teach people how to do it. I'm not just teaching people the information that I've learned. I'm teaching people how I use that information to apply it to actually get results and they can do the same
2: thing too. Exactly. And that's that's why I tell people a lot of times, YouTube should be a best friend, but experience is the person that's going to be closest to you because you know you can watch all the YouTube videos and you can you know listen to all the podcasts and uh, watch or buy all the courses you want to buy but without the experience the experience is what's going to help you get to that next level because you know what you're doing not because you know what you heard so that's huge man like knowing how to do what you're good at and and I I even seen that because there's a lot of hostility with e-com as in, in general because with drop shipping and the way that it came about, and the way that people went about it, there's always gonna be people that look at it sideways. But then I started to notice, you know, a lot of the people who sell courses around e and even I bought a couple courses just to see like, what are they actually talking about? Because mine is a lot different. I'm holding inventory. These people are doing something totally different, leading people down a different path. So I wanna learn what they're trying to uh, show people or what their vision is. And what I noticed is, is there's a lot of people that are just teaching what people have already seen on YouTube and not teaching what they've learned. And that's what I can say is uh, going to make you credible when you're teaching what, exactly what you know how to do. Like, you know, uh, Ty's not going to be out here teaching something that he has no clue how to do. He just heard it from here. And because he has uh, the reputation, he's going to sell it. That's not how it works. If you're going to be successful with it, you got to genuinely know what you're doing. Because even when you think back to like if someone was cheating in school, you get asked that one question and you didn't study, you're like stunned. So experience is what will lead you all the way down to the right path. But YouTube videos and all that stuff, it'll get you there. But you gotta you gotta take the action first and then experience everything.
1: Yep. So Tez, uh what's the what's the website for the One Love Clothing? Yeah. So it's One Love
2: Clothing dot shop.
1: And that's One Love Clothing with L U V. Yeah. Or, shop. Uh, okay. Yeah, hmm? no, you're right. <laughs> okay, so tell the listeners about
2: what you offer as far as the Gumroad courses. So I have um, my very first course that I ever made, um, which was inspired by an old friend. I, I can't remember. Um, I think it was back in November. Her name was Ashley. And she was just telling me, like, you know, I was posting my numbers. I had just hit my first $25,000 a month. And she was telling me, like, there's a lot of people who could learn from you. And it was kind of like, you know, I never really thought of myself selling courses or seeing myself ever selling courses or anything like that. I just always imagine giving the game out for free, letting people, you know, experience how they experience it and then they share the results. So when I got into Gumroad and I made my very first course, which was everything you need to know about e-commerce. It was my very first time. I had to buy courses. Like I I bought Todd's course. I bought a couple other courses just to see how it was structured first. I was scared. I'm like, people are going to judge me. And this is kind of like something that goes along with me when I'm selling this stuff. What are people going to think of me? Um, And when I just sat down, I really understood like I'm telling people my experience and there's no way they can Mad that I experienced something the way I did. You know, they can either learn from it or they can just not like it. That's on them. But they bought the content for a reason because they need to know it. So I feel like with, um, you know, getting into Gumroad, that changed everything for me even from affiliating with um you know todd and chris and everybody what i noticed is making money with uh people who are um who have the same vision as you who have the same hustle as you who are humble just like you it changed how i moved because at certain points yeah you're like "Dang, these guys are on this level but then i started thinking to myself like these guys are the people that i'm making money with right now and i have so much more to learn from them to where i can just continue doing what i'm doing so um, that's how I got into Gumroad. I made that course, and then my recent course, which was how to build a converting Shopify store brand. Um, that's a like a six-hour course, basically just building out an entire website with them, going over straight you know information that I wish I would have known in the beginning, and then expert information too, because you know a lot of people sell courses that are you know beginner based. And I wanted to make sure that I'm, I'm making sure that I can um, connect with every single person, whether you're doing $30,000 months and you're doing better than me, or whether you're, you're just starting out, I want you to see exactly what you're going to be getting into down the line and what you're going to get into when you're first starting too. So um, Gumroad changed everything. And then the course is like, it's, it's been amazing to get the feedback that I've been getting because it's so genuine and, and it's based off of my experience. I got to get that course because I have a Shopify course now. Or I have a Shopify uh, store now, and I
0: think honestly, I feel like I took the I took Dante's first store, and I feel like I've been taking a lot of principles from that. And I also used um he had mentioned that he had used the people who did our our new Tweet Talk logo to design his store, and he designed the View store, and he came back and it was super fire. I was like, damn, this dude hooked it up, man. Like, and it was quick too. He's like super professional. I don't know who he is because he exists behind that little logo,
2: but he, he handled his business. Yeah. The e-commerce journal, uh, James, but yeah, he, uh, he knocks out a lot of my just regular design work. And that's a huge part of entrepreneurship is um, outsourcing stuff because although I have the capability and I know I've built a ton of websites now, and I know exactly how to go through and do it within an hour and a half, two hours max there's still always going to be that part of you like, I can just pay someone else and get this time back. And you, whether you make more money or not, it's just the convenience of knowing that you don't have to do it yourself. It's not that stress on you. So one thing that Dante has said in the past is he said that in the beginning of your business,
0: you should do everything. Can you talk to us about like that idea and that principle?
2: Yeah. So, um, that, that tweet, and I'll remember it, you know, you should start, you should start your first course. You should, um, you should build your first website. You should build your first court or, um, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, can't remember your first service. Um, the reason I said all that stuff is because, the way I structured it in my head is if if I paid someone to build this website for me and something goes wrong, they're gonna have I'm gonna have to pay them to come fix it again for me unless they have some type of you know warranty or something where they're gonna fix it for me. And that's why I tell people always build it on your on your own first. I would I wouldn't even recommend someone to go buy a a fully built website for them because they don't know anything about it, the ins and outs of it. And the reason you buy it or you uh, make it your first time or you do whatever your first time is because you're getting the experience. And then when you build the the second website. Or you try the whatever you're doing the second time, everything is like five times faster. I swear, it's like yeah. when I first started yeah, the first website, it took me it took me literally hours, and I was sitting there drilling YouTube video after YouTube video after YouTube video. And then after that, it's just like I know exactly where everything is. It may seem a little foggy, but I'm getting through it faster than I did the first time. And that's all that matters is that you're learning as you're going, which is why I tell people do everything yourself in the beginning, especially with business.
0: I feel like when he said that, I was like, that is so key. It's key because it gets people out of the way of thinking they needed, they needed a bunch of money to start. And a lot of people are like, I would start, but who's going to be my website? I would start, but who's going to do my logo? I would start, but who's going to do... You? you do it. And whatever it looks like, put it out there. And what's going to happen is then when you eventually are able to pay somebody, you know how long it should take, you know how much it should cost. And then if they do decide to walk away like people tend to do, it's like, you could go. Sometimes if you pay a bunch of people for your business and then you go down the line and you need it for something, they can kind of like hold you hostage in your own business. I don't want to be held hostage in my own business. I want to know we can work together. We cannot work together, playboy, but I'm going to still get what I got to get done done. I had a podcast editor. It didn't work out. You know who became the podcast editor? Me. I fired it up. I created my own ads. I swagged it out. I made what I had to get done done. I'm not going to let somebody get in between me and my destiny. And when you do that in the beginning of your business by paying a bunch of money out and not knowing how to do all the things in your business, you're setting yourself up for a disaster later down the line. Definitely.
1: And Charles, you said the first business is the hardest business. After that, everything is downhill from there.
0: So knowledge is one thing, you know how to do it. But like in the beginning, like I think I talked about this in the last podcast, how like I always talk about get started, get fancy later. And that's great for the first business when you don't have anything. But as you have the wisdom of how to grow a business and what's necessary, and then you also have the resources, now you can just start putting the pieces together intelligently. So, like you said, he can do it but he just rather pay somebody to do the website and so it's like i want to be and i am in position to where it's like i'm starting this business and oh we need a truck oh we need inventory oh we need this and it's just done you just start moving sm- seamlessly through different things and you know what you have to do to get it to the next level and money's not a, an issue anymore you can you can kind of slow down you can get things done without money but when you have money it makes things way easier but once you build that first business, once you have stacks, now the next opportunity, because we never start doing we never stop doing business. Business just kind of converts and we just grow we just do different businesses. So like even the the business that Dante has now, he's not done. Like he's super young. Who knows who he's gonna get into a next? For me, it's like who knows I'm gonna get into next. It's like people around me, they have ideas. I'm like, cool, let's bankroll that, let's get you that car. Let's get you that product. And they don't have to worry about the struggle. They only got to focus on the scale. And so the first business is a grind because you got to come with everything. You got to have no experience, no money, no following. I was telling my mom, I was like, I got X amount of followers. Everything that I do is easier for you. All we got to do is tack on your service into my following. And you already have a leg up, and that's how it should be. People shouldn't have to start from zero. They should make it easier. Everybody else does that for their people. They don't make them start at zero. They make it easier for them. And so now that we all have success, we should be able to leverage that success to make everybody else's path and every everybody else's way easier. And that's why that first business is difficult. Getting
2: to that first large stack of money is the difficult stack, and then everything else is easier after that. I agree. The like with me having my Durag brand, and I and I and I look at it compared to my clothing brand and to do 10000 and for my clothing brand in eight days of the website being live, there was no way like I would have even thought twice that I was going to be able to do that when I first started the first business. But I look back and it's like the money that I used to make this money was funded from the first business, which came from the grind, the hustle, the all the ups and downs. It came, it came all from that. So it all plays a hand in each other. And that first business is definitely the hardest one to grow because... You're gonna go through so much, and you have no <laughs> one else on your side unless you have friends who are already doing what you're doing. But if you don't, it's kind of like you're just walking in blind, and you're just kind of just falling over doing whatever. But you're gonna get back up afterwards. Yep.
0: Another thing that I told I was talking about was like the first the, like I think I said something along the lines of like the 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 money that you get after you make the big money is easier because people start to believe in you now. Mm. Like you don't gotta convince people anymore. Like people are like, oh, he said we're doing this, so that's what we're doing. Like, oh, what's next, man? And so it's like, that makes everything so much easier um, because it's like, that can be a burden in itself. Track breaking. So
1: Dante, as you said, when they presented me a shortcut I denied it. That's why I am who I am today. I didn't take any easy ways out.
2: Um, yeah, that tweet was very powerful for me um, because, like I said, in life, you know, I had a lot of goals as I was younger and I wasn't the most talented. I wasn't um, in the in the best household that had the most resources for me. Um, you know, I wasn't the tallest or, you know, um, the smartest or anything like that. So. For me, it just felt like I was always, um, I always have to dig my way out just to even break even with everybody else. So with me having that mentality and growing up the way I did, it kind of pushed me to understand, like, you're going to become who you become because of what you went through. And and that's where it kind of, like, that's where it just was most powerful for me, honestly, because it's like, it really hit deep because you're not, you're not going to be this person without going through that stuff first. That's a bar. That is a bar. What you got, Raphael? <coughs> so,
0: you know what's so funny is, like, when we have these long episodes, you just listen to them in sections. So like I listened to like the first half of the Maya episode and then like I got in my car and I was like, oh, this is dope. I still got like another 45 minutes left over. So it's like, it's kind of cool to get so much value and then know you still have even more value to come. It's not like, it's not like these other podcasts. Pi- I'm not, I'm not saying other podcasts. I like, listened to the oh. Joe Budden podcast and I was very disappointed in that podcast. I was like, what are they talking about, man? It's just like, and it's a long podcast. It's like three hours long. And they're just talking about different like stuff, but it's not like helpful. It's not empowering me. It's not. I'm not getting any value out of it. So it's like a long podcast that's filled with value. I think it's like getting a, a multiple
1: course meal. It's yeah. like, oh, dang, there's more coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew this was gonna be a good one. Two iPhones, two MacBooks. Who does Todd think he is, bro?
0: <laughs> Why do you, you, you pick the funniest tweets, man. But I was, I, so I got a new MacBook and I still have my old MacBook and I was using my other MacBook. I was like, this is kind of cool. Because they both come in handy. You would think that you only need one computer. But like I was over here doing like work stuff on this computer and I was doing like I think business stuff on the other computer or something or like surfing something. So it's kind of like having like at work you might have two screens on your computer. And I have two iPhones, too. And I said the who does Todd think he th- think he is because, like, people used to really, like, say that a lot. Like, who does this guy think he is? And I feel like I've always known that I was destined for great things. But they might not have known it and they might not have seen it. But I saw it and I moved accordingly. And so people are going to look at you crazy. When you when you got big plans, but you aren't yet to your big plans, but you're making moves as though you already are there, then it's like, who does this guy think he is? Like, like, God, that's who I told you I was. Like, man. <laughs> so... It's like I don't know, I just I just think I think it was kinda I don't know why that there's not much value in that tweet. I was just like talking crazy, really.
1: I was talking reckless. I just felt like throwing it out there. This guy, I think he is. And, Dante, you said, I'll never be okay with taking handouts. I don't know how some of y'all were raised, but I was raised to go get my own. Even when you're struggling, you dig
2: your way out and pave your own way. Never give someone the opportunity to say they made you. And I, I think that last part, never give someone the opportunity to say they made you. I think that was installed in me when I was very young. And, you know, having those people who have the resources, but they offer it to you at a Price where you owe them or something, or they, they make you feel like you have to do this for them. You owe them a favor or something like that. That kind of stuck with me since or until I'm dead, probably because it's like, although yeah, this person in that tweet in particular came from a tweet that I had before, which was, you know, someone hand, I would rather go get a hundred thousand on my own than have someone give me 200,000. And the reason I said that is not because I'm incapable of managing 200,000 and making more with it. Of course I am. But if I don't have the knowledge to get from a dollar to five dollars, from five dollars to ten dollars, if I don't have that foundation, if anything happens to that money and, and we have to think realistic pandemic, you know, family issues, someone dies, you got to cover something or something like that. And it catches you off guard. Now your money's messed up. You have to know how to go get it back. You can't just say I was handed this money and now I know exactly um, or I was handed this money and now I have no clue on how to make that same amount back. So, and you know, a lot of people felt some type of way because they were like, you know, I take the money and all that. And then it goes from, it goes into who you are as a person and where you were raised. You know, my mom raised me to never take money from someone else or to never, um, you know, sit there and ask other people for something else because you have to go get it yourself. If you don't have it, God made it that way for you for a reason because you have to go get it. So I feel like that. It goes. It builds your character too, because if you're not taking handouts, you're you're nitty gritty. You know, what I mean, you're gonna get down to it. You're gonna go out and you go do whatever you need to do to go get to it. So a lot of people, you know, they they grow up in these households where their families don't tell them that, and now they're they're wondering why they are so attached to a person who's providing for them, and they can't leech off or they can't latch off of them because. It's like, they're so used to this person's providing for them that they don't know what it's like for them to provide for themselves. And that's why I always tell people, you got to do stuff on your own and you got to make sure that you're not taking just anything from anybody. If someone wants to fund my business or something like that, it's cool. I'd rather go do it myself and make sure I build the money up so I can do it myself for however long I need to do it for. Not just, i run out of this person and I, have, I don't have this money now. So a lot of people were feeling some type of way about that tweet, those two tweets and I just wanted to clear that up too. It's just like, you know, I would rather take the knowledge of learning or knowing how to get 100000 than just getting 200000 and not knowing how to make more with it. Because you can have all these plans, what you're going to do with 200000 but I bet the first thing, if you're, you know, an average person, it's okay. That's how you think because of social media. The first thing you think is to go shop, is to go buy the first thing that you wanted. But if you knew that going or making 100000 you have to delay gratification. So you can't go get that. Those are lessons that you have to learn on your own by experience. So most people don't experience that stuff because they're latched on to people who provide for them or uh, provide for them. Yeah. So
0: much value in that that statement, um, and I agree with both those tweets. Um, like Jay Z said, he said something about I, I didn't take the hand that I took the man route, and I always heard that and I always resonated with that. And I feel like it's it's important. I always tell like, I don't tell people this, but like one of the things that my mom did for me that um, I'm thankful for, but in the moment I was very upset is I think I was in college and I wasn't working much. And like people around me were getting like EBT and they're getting like all the groceries they wanted. And I was like, man, I should get I should get EBT too. And I was like, I qualify. I don't, I'm not making any money right now. I'm a student. And she's like, nah fam, like that's not what we do around here. Mm-hmm. And that mentality of not taking the handout is what shapes a lot of my beliefs across the board. Um, and I wish that social justice Twitter would adopt that mentality. I wish that people who are looking to go into business or looking to go into all these different things would adopt that mentality. Like, I'm not asking you to give me justice. I'm going to either take or build or create my own justice. I'm going to create my own system. I'm going to create my own situation. Like, that is in a lot of what he's saying. He's he's not saying, like, I don't want it. He's just saying, I'd rather go get it for myself. I'd rather go build it for myself. And there's much more value in that. You become a much better person by by becoming the person that goes and gets it for yourself. You become the person who studies, who's well-learned, who's well-read, who has has better time management, who has better money management, who is more driven, more determined, um, more focused. And those are the things that we need in the community. We don't just need a bunch of people who just got a bunch of free stuff. Like, that doesn't help anybody. You get the free stuff and then you spend the free stuff. And like uh, Larry June was talking about, was like how you get a million dollar advance and you spent it all? It's like, because it was just an advance. They didn't know any better, but every rapper does it. They get the money, they go and they buy jewelry, they go in to buy cars, they go in to buy a house, they go and pop bottles that they broke because they didn't have to do anything for it. And that's what we're talking about. Like you have to know how to make money, not just get it. Because like that mentality of grinding it up creates a value of that buck. Like when you know I got this dollar because I didn't go to sleep last night, you're not just going to go give it to some dude for some shiny stuff. You're going to preserve it. If you knew what you had to put up to get that buck, you're not just going to give it away because it, it was hours of your life. It was time, resources, knowledge that you had to apply to get that money. So, yep. I do like uh,
1: two more tweets and then shut it down. Now, Charles, you got to explain this one. You said, the boss can walk to things that an employee could never. Man, why did did
0: I put that... I feel like I put that tweet up because of the rape. I was like, dang, like... Because people... I don't think people really understand what's going on around here, but subscription businesses are powerful. Low cost subscription businesses at scale are powerful. So if I have a subscription business and I have 3,000 people that are subscribed to the subscription business, they pay me $20 $20 a month. That's $60,000 a month, $60,000 a month, Raphael. So can you afford a $2,000 rate per month? If you're making $60,000 a month? Yes, you can. But if you're working a job, and let's say you make $100,000, which most people don't, you can still not get the rate because that's a lot of money for a rate. And so it's like a business owner who creates a product, creates an idea at scale, can do something that an employee could never touch, no matter how hard they work. And that's why I chose entrepreneurship, because my parents are very successful employees. And I see so much of life that they left on the table. And I said, I'm getting that life. I'm going to figure out what I need to do to get the boat. To get the big body, to travel whenever I want to travel, to go to Hawaii, because I want to go to Hawaii. My parents are very successful employees. And all I've heard them talk about is like the stuff they couldn't get. Like, yeah, they live well and live at a nice level, but I'm like, me hearing it, like you want the parents your stuff. You want the stuff your parents said they couldn't have. You want the stuff your parents aspired toward. You want to actually accomplish that goal. And so like that's what I've always worked towards, and that's why I've always kind of been the person that I that I am, to spite. Ah, career. People will look at you crazy because they'd be working their jobs and they'd be out here becoming the best employee and I'm over here looking crazy, building this brand and doing all this stuff. And then they look up, it's like, bro, like your brand is so big. And I was like, that's because I've been doing this for three to five years. I've been and now it's even better because now I have the resources to start hiring more people to do it at an even higher level. So I'm like, what else can I invest? I'm like the dope thing about it is, as your business grows, you can invest very hard in making your business dope. And so now it's like, man, what? How? How much better can I make my processes? How much more money can I invest at in this? Like, I don't even want it. Let's just invest it back into the business and make the video production great, make more graphics great, make all this stuff great, and post it and create it even better. So that's what I was saying. I was like, people will see it and they'll be like, bro, like you wilding out. And I was like, this actually isn't really anything. Like it's actually kind of light work. Like we already really doing it. As long as things continue to go this way, it's not that big of a deal because we chose to be
2: bosses not to be the greatest employee that's, right. Damn, that's powerful I've never heard it from that angle before Jeez.
1: so this last tweet from Don says I think this one is a powerful one. Uh, The people who make the most amount of money are owners or investors. The people in most cases who work for them make less. The owners companies sell you a service a product or a solution. Investors invest in their
2: product because they believe it's a good idea. Invest. So I was speaking so much on investing at that moment and it was more so because I had a lot of friends who were scared to invest and I wanted them to realize that if you don't invest that is the biggest risk you can possibly take. And the reason I say this is because um, if you're not investing, you're not challenging yourself to be better in a different area of your life that you're not capable of doing without, um, without supervision. So if you're not willing to invest and to go do the, uh, the stuff that's not normal to most people, you're not going to be not normal or uh, above average to most people because you're not investing. You're not trying to do stuff. And ownership, you know, a lot of people ask, you know, uh, even with a lot of the, the black crime and stuff that's going on in the world right now, it's like we can say, yeah, everything's going on and you know we can we can just feel how we want to feel about it right or we can say how about we own the stuff that's around us so we don't have to be put in those predicaments so where we have ownership now they can't say nothing just like Nick Cannon he doesn't own his stuff so now they can talk and they can fire him they can say whatever they want to say now after that now they have all this publicity about him getting fired they can say whatever they want to say now but had he owned it he'd be owning it and he can say whatever he wants so owners and investors are the are in most cases the richest people in the world because they're doing what the, the other people aren't doing. And that's why investing is so important because you got to invest in yourself and then you have to invest in other places. If you're not investing in yourself, then what are you living life for at that point? That's
0: what I feel like. Y'all already know how I feel about that one, man. <laughs> um, this, is, this is a Wealth podcast as the Voice says. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Tweet talk to the podcast. How Charles feels about that. But I, I, will, I will say that
0: because um, I feel like like that tweet and my comment kind of coincide because this is what I did. So it's like I had parents who were great employees, didn't get what they want. And we would go places and you would see the people who did have those things. And so me being me, I was like, what do these people do? Like, oh, he uh, he runs an investment company or oh, he owns this store. He owns this business. And so me, in my mind, especially after reading the book Rich Dad Port, I was like, so that means I got to be on this side of the qu- quadrant. I got to be either a business owner or an investor to live how I want to live. And it's not easy, and it's it's hard, it's frustrating, especially because when I mean, you're around a bunch of employees, you're gonna look real crazy. But it's true. If you look at the Forbes list, it ain't no employees. It's not one employee on the Forbes list. Every single person owns a business. But then when you really get into business, you start to see why. Um, I forgot what I was what I was thinking about. But it's like when you start to see the money that you make selling products, it's unlimited. It's unlimited money. You only have this many hours of your life. And so that's why everybody that I have around me, and I think Chris did the same thing. Once you get that, once you realize that, you're like, bro, I can sell a hundred products in a day, but I can only work eight hours in a day. And so that's why Chris is doing it. And that's why I've been doing it. Like everybody close, to me, like y'all need product, man. Y'all need something to sell. My mom, you need something to sell. My wife, you need something to sell. I'd rather be selling these items then you be going to work at some job where they talk to you crazy, where they tell you that you ain't enough, all these other things they do to you, like just sell products, you'll make way more money, you'll make six figures in a year and these jobs will never get you six figures
2: right. on purpose. It's spitting the facts for real. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: So what's the uh, the website for the, the do-rag
2: brand? So uh, for my do-rags it's snaggerag.com. Um, for my clothing brand it's one-love one-l-u-v dot or uh, clothing dot shop and then if you guys want to find me on Twitter and Instagram my Twitter is Dantez akram and my Instagram is underscore the real tez. I both I, I drop gems on both and I try to uh, stay consistent on both so make sure you guys uh, keep with
1: me on there. oh by the way, he definitely does drop gems. Uh if you catch Dantes on an IG Live, definitely catch it. You definitely watch that. I I gotta say, he drops some stuff in them IG lives for sure. Appreciate it. Um that. make sure you follow Dantes on all the social media platforms. Follows you can follow myself on Twitter at work money life. Follow Charles on Twitter at Todd Billion. Follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Follow Charles at Todd Billion. Also at Todd.Capital. And also at That's a Black Man. Let us shout out to the show sponsors. team.com, Home to the You Can't Fire Me the Boss t-shirt. And also the new sponsor, Get Lace Laces. Get your fresh laces for your kicks. Update your whole wardrobe at getlacedlaces.com. And, you know, Tweet Talk episode fifty three. Episode we Master P. Out. The Nick Cannon slash Master P episode. Right, right. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> we are out. Peace. Cool.